0: It, what's considered retro? Question mark and shared. All right,
1: sweet. I'm good to go. If right. you are, sir. Yeah. So why don't you? Uh, why don't you kick this one off?
0: Kick it off when uh, you're the one with the notes. <laughs> well, we're doing yeah, an episode. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. that's fine. I am. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the All the Way Down podcast. Our now christened podcast with a name.
1: Yeah, we have a name for it now. Uh
0: I'm Invictus Nox. I guess you're host tonight and tonight is my co-host Dash-Retro. Dash That's me. That's him. And we're both uh retro streamers here on Twitch. Check our channels out. You you know who I am already. Uh Dash, check him out. He's way better at uh most games than I do than I am. Uh platformers especially. We've we've talked about this at length in the last episode. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go to YouTube right now and uh then you can definitely uh Well, you can listen to the YouTube thing. We're also going to have it on Spotify soon.
1: Yeah. So, uh, we have... uh, This time we we came prepared. We got a topic right away. Let's jump right into it. So, (laughs) this time we're we're doing a structure. We got topic. So, one thing being, um, you know streaming retro games on Twitch. One thing that comes up a lot, especially because Twitch has a category specifically called just retro and there's a tag called retro, right? Who so it, it comes up a lot like who's allowed to who's allowed to use it and what games are allowed to use it. Basically like where do you draw the line as to what is and isn't a retro game? Um and so we, I, we, we came up with this a bit ago. Have you thought about it at all? Do you have an answer already?
0: Yeah, so a um, little bit of a, a precursor info here. I, I came to Dash when I, when I saw this topic, and I was like, okay, this is going to be either a five-minute topic or a five-hour topic. He assured me that it could be a five-hour topic, um, paraphrasing here, of course. But I think – okay, so if I were to put it simply – I consider retro to be at the end, kind of like middle end of PS2 territory, uh, but rapidly kind of growing towards the Wii kind of generation. Obviously everything before that, yeah.
1: Well, keep keep going as long as you got.
0: Well, I was going to say, so from PS2... Like middle era, I'm gonna again, big uh, big asterisk because early PS2 compared to like late PS2 because late PS, I mean PS2 had a long run. It was the most popular, successful console of all time. For has it been surpassed yet? I don't think it has. Almost anyway, but from there all the way back to I mean literally Gen One. We've got what the, that's before the Intellivision uh and then the magnavox odyssey all that obviously retro unquestionably it's just that like when i think about it in other other like kind of genres i'm thinking about like cars a classic car in the united states at least legally speaking is 25 years old you can't import anything into the united states Unless it is older than twenty five years old, and then it gets grandfathered in because it's eligible for uh, antique plates. I think I think that's the correlation there. But video games and technology in general age much more rapidly, but at the same time, people don't. You know, like it's 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 something that scales faster than human growth does. So you're left with, uh, well, is only twenty five year old games are are only those considered retro or do you like consider a smaller scale for technology's sake? But I don't think technology, you know, even with cars, you know, technology improves them exponentially over time. It's just, they've been a little bit more of a constant measure. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So, um, so you're going with like the draw the line at a point in time approach Which uh, I think, like, yeah, like that's certainly one way to approach it. Um, The only thing about that is that the line always has to be moving. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And it also kind of differs. Like one thing you mentioned the Wii, and that's an interesting point about it because, so for if you're just looking at Sony, I would agree with where you would place the line right in like either. Either you say PS2 is and PS3 isn't, or maybe it's even somewhere in the middle, but probably probably that. Uh, but then with Nintendo, I I feel like the Wii is retro, even though that's <laughs> a generation later. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then if you look at Microsoft, I don't know if the Xbox is retro. Is it? Maybe. That, I, I, like, I question it.
0: I think it is. I think um I think if mm-hmm. you hand me a copy of Oddworld Munch's Odyssey I'm not going to be like uh, whoa um I, I have this on my 360 already why did you give me this you know it's like it's not like one of those games well it actually did get carried along a little bit as a remake but different story it's if you look at the games from that era and then like compare them to now it's like oh this wouldn't fly <laughs> hmm. it's like i thought we figured yeah. out 3D movement movement by now
1: So this is a a topic that I've kind of thought about a lot because like, uh, so I, I kind of approach it from like a technology standpoint a little bit where, um, so for me, I think that there's a huge advancement that actually happened with, uh, from PS1 to PS2, which is that the NES and the SNES and the N64 mostly, uh, as well as all the stuff before it, all ran in 240p, right? 240p was the video game resolution yep. for generations. And then it was like basically some PS1 games started to run in 480i, uh, but it wasn't until PS2 where now 480i is like the minimum and 480p then started to get pushed. Um, so I feel like there's kind of a line that gets drawn there also, uh, but here's the deal, though, it is no, wherever you put the line, uh, as far as what's retro and what's not, my issue is that it keeps moving forward, where PS2 maybe is retro now and PS3 isn't, but maybe next generation PS3 is retro, because that's just naturally how it is, you know, uh when the PS2 first came out. PS1 probably wasn't considered retro at that time, you know, but now it is. So it's moving. Now, I think that at some point there is clearly a distinction between what is currently considered retro and what is not, and many years down the line, when all of it is considered retro, that doesn't mean that there's not still a distinction between the first and the second half of it. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is we need more words. Retro (laughs) and not retro doesn't cut it anymore. There's, yes. I think...
0: There's vintage. There's, like, yeah.
1: At at some point, we're going to have to start saying things like Atari and Magnavox Odyssey and that shit. That's getting to be vintage now, you know what I mean? And then retro is going to be this middle spot, right? And then you've got... Then you've got the just kind of old and then you've got the current stuff, you know what I mean?
0: Well, here's the thing I like about the word retro is it gets thought about a lot in, maybe this is just solipsism, but we're streamers. We see retro uh, as a categorization in terms of, what people are streaming and it's retro. And then that kind of just puts it into everyone's different subjective kind of idea of what is or isn't retro. Like there's uh, there's another whole can of worms we can open up retro styled games. People mm-hmm. will stream in retro is playing games from last year just because of mm-hmm. this actual style of them. But I like that retro is like an umbrella term because you can, th- it's gonna make old people like me mad because when you say the Wii is retro,
1: you go, dude, like that was last Christmas, <laughs> right? That was like, like I, I always say that you know the Wii was the first system that I bought launch day, and now that that's retro, but I was old enough to buy it launch day when it came out. Oh, you know, okay, Mario but, Galaxy is ten years old, dude. <laughs> so,
0: so you mentioned generations, though. So, yes the Wii if you consider it two generations behind like if you if you go from current gen you consider it current gen past gen and then retro is all the below that then puts that then puts systems that are not that old in in the in in the spotlight for retro because if you think about it how long did the Wii last how many the, the, the typical console cycle is eight years. The Wii U, I don't think... Well, obviously, it was out, and it was a people... You, you could buy it, but, like, that's not what they were hyping, you know? They were kind of more hyping, okay, E3, we're going to start... Not, well, I guess it wasn't E3 at this point, but it was Nintendo Direct. They were just kind of, like, showing Breath of the Wild. And then, ooh, look, it runs on this hardware, too, because that's one of the, the games that was, like, you know, on both... On both Cross generational, I guess, what you'd call it, um, but with s- systems like Xbox and PS4, where they're following, e- even though they add their hardware revisions, like this is the Series X or this is the PS4 Pro, it's still the same, you know, system. It's going to run the games for it. So they they typically follow the same convention of about, I'd say, like five to eight years probably a little bit closer to on to 8 on that spectrum. Um, and then the the next big thing comes after. Whereas Wii U, I mean, it it was not it didn't last very long at all. Yeah, yeah. So then you've got Wii games being retro while 360 games are what the heck, what the fuck are you talking about? That's new. It's like, okay, well, yeah, because it's Dark Souls and you just got it remake. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, like it is really weird to think like um the idea that the wii is retro and the wii u isn't you Mm -hmm. know yeah it it doesn't sound right when you say it that way you know but the wii did 480i up to 480p and the wii u did 1080p so like that's a huge difference
0: it is it is uh from Um, the gamecube yeah
1: That's the thing with, like, when you look at it from the technology standpoint, you know, and that's, and, and that's kind of what I was getting at with, like, there's clearly a distinction between these, like, eras in games, and so to give them only two categories, like, isn't enough anymore. I wanted to talk a little bit about what you mentioned about retro style games, though, because that that's the other thing that... Uh, so if you want, like, my real opinion as to, like, when I when I think about retro video games, like, what do I really think, is it actually is more of a mindset and more of a style thing. To me, the idea of retro is put the game in and play it. And I realize that I'm being extremely (laughs) hipster right now. No, I I
0: actually think you're being extremely boomer right now. Uh, Yeah? Back in my day, we didn't have day one download, you know,
1: that kind of thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Back in my day, games didn't have to install on the consoles. You didn't have to download a 30 gigabyte patch the day that you bought it and brought it home. When, you know, the, the game that is on the physical piece of media that you purchased, that is the game. You're not relying on a server in order to get patches to get the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of DLC and microtransactions and shit like that, right? Oh, yeah. To me, like, so when I think, like, this is retro game and I think, yeah, I've got the game. It's on this thing. I put it in the system and turn the system on and I play the game, right? That's Retro. Problem is, though I un- I do understand, though that that means that you know that means that uh, some very new games are retro. A lot of Switch games <laughs> are retro because of that. You know what I mean? So you can let me- you
0: consider it retro
1: then. This is a tiny bit uh, like uh, tangential, but mm-hmm. um, but it it is. Uh, like when they announced that the Switch was only going to have like 32 gigs of internal storage or something, you know, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, that's a joke in this day and age." My initial response was, "Yes, that means companies still have to finish their games before they release them, and they can't rely <laughs> on f- day yeah. one patches to fix their shit."
0: That's a great point uh, of view. I didn't think about
1: that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I under like you gotta understand. I'm not trying to tell you right now that the switch is literally a retro system yeah uh but it does have an infrastructure that supports that feeling that i like of you know of the the put the game in in and play it mentality works on switch and so as a retro gamer i really like how that system works you know you know what
0: i hate though Um, hate though about the switch putting games into it
1: it, yeah that, uh that the flap. flap yeah yeah the flap it doesn't go flush with the top of the system on mine and i sit there and i oh. poke it and try <laughs> uh, that it drives me nuts Oh, I'd be, I does be that livid.
0: Too? no mine doesn't well it's 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 my girlfriend's it's not mine um and mm-hmm. she i think mostly like if she has a physical game she'll play it'll be the only one so it, it there's not a lot of traffic in that area is what i'm saying but I'm I'm dreading the day that like the plastic bends back a little too far and then it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, it's kind of old. So the plastic gets brighter near the crease and then it'll eventually pop off and it's like, okay, well, you know, this retro system, we're speaking as if it's 2041 right now, this retro system doesn't really work very much because back in the day they designed them with these, like, you know, these, like, Samsung tablet screens and their, 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 their charging ports can can break real easy, you know. And then this, like, this little flap here it breaks. It's like, dude, what is, like, an immaculate switch going to go for in 20 years? That's what I'm curious uh, yeah. about.
1: Also, as far as weird things about putting the games in, the label faces you yes. when you're holding the system. that's weird it, uh, <laughs> I, I like it for
0: marketing's sake, but it goes against mm. every in like every technology uh, asterisk, uh insertion type I've ever gone with because you always want the data side facing the thick Area of yeah. the machinery because that's most likely where the reader is going to be facing.
1: Exactly, and you know what? Other system has that exact same problem. Now is the PlayStation Motherfucking Five. <laughs> that system has the disc uh, slot on like the bottom the of bottom, it. Yeah. If it's if if it's uh, horizontal, you know, the the disc slot is on the bottom half of it, but the labels face up, and so if you have it sitting vertically. The, the disc slot is on the right side of it, and you have to put it in with the label facing left. The first few times, I, I, I put discs in backwards because of it. Because yeah, it's, it's So the label faces... Like the
0: if, if you laid it flat, it faces up. That would kind of make sense. But if you have it yeah. horizontal, which they themselves recommend for cooling efficiency...
1: You mean vertical? Yes,
0: sorry, vertical. They mm-hmm. recommend it vertical. You have to hold it to the left... But I'm trying to think the, of the way that the body is shaped. It doesn't really kind of.
1: Oh, the body is shaped like a fucking nightmare. Dude. <laughs> well, it's, uh, like, yeah. it's like this wonky, wobbly ass thing. Yeah. That yeah. So it's it's like it's like a tower, right? But then one side of it has this weird tumor uh, that <laughs> is the disc slot. Yeah. And uh, and but it yeah it's on the right side. So you would expect to label the face right, but it doesn't. It goes the other way. So yeah. yeah it's but really it's
0: flush though, right? Or, well, no, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of the body right now. There's kind of like a beveled edge, like a chamfered uh, edge coming towards you. So yeah, putting it in and, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really weird to put discs into this system. I've
0: never considered that, that, that nitpick i have with disc-based systems i guess that is weird i have never i've seen a ps4 or a ps5 in person once and it was behind a target display case so i Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i didn't hate it as much in person as i thought i was going to i think it's a i still hate it. it's a butt-ass ugly console and i'm not buying one until they can make a slim version that looks way better but
1: yeah, I mean, in, just to, to me, just the fact that you have to put a stand on the system in order <laughs> to lay it horizontal is like, it's like a joke. Yeah, that's pretty bad.
0: I mean, it's it's going to be a meme at some point. It already is a meme. Oh, what am I kidding? Oh, right. Um, We've all
1: seen the, the Seto Kaiba yeah. images of I think
0: they I think they knew what they were doing. I think they said, we need to make something that's going to Sonic the movie up the crowd. And then... See how
1: it goes. I really honestly thought that that was going to happen because yeah, this was right after there was that Sonic trailer and everyone was like, "Good God, what are they possibly <laughs> thinking with this Sonic design?" And then the Sonic team or the movie team was like they actually delayed the movie and they said, "We're going to we're going to fix it up." All, and, and it was such a big deal that it was almost almost like the fake Sonic or the, the bad Sonic was fake. And that they wanted to give people the mentality that they fixed Sonic by complaining about it. Thus, now it is our movie and not the studio's movie because we fixed it, guys. You know what I mean? To give people that feeling that now we got to go see it because we fixed it. I want to believe. It almost, almost seemed like that. And right after that, this PlayStation 5 gets announced or the the look of it gets announced. And I, I was... I was thinking it was going to go in the same direction. I didn't... Of the, like, oh, yeah. we heard you, all right.
0: Because, yeah, because all that they showed in the beginning were 3D renderings. They never actually showed the physical thing. I could yeah, see how you'd yeah. think that. I'd be like, okay, this is a a 3D rendering for a reason, obviously things are subject right. to change. Well, I didn't
1: actually even consider that, right? Because before, whenever they unveil the system, the look of it, it would always be at like E3 yep. and stuff. Right? Pull the curtain back, or have Reggie come and and hold it with his gigantic hands, so it looks really <laughs> tiny. Does he have huge um, hands? <laughs> do do you remember when Reggie showed the 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 Mario Kart uh we, the Wii wheel? He just like held it like this. Like uh, like Kevin Garnett it's holding pretty a basketball. Small. The, okay, and it looked tiny. It's it's pretty <laughs>
0: okay. In my defense, and I've 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 shoveled through enough uh, Goodwill uh, gaming bargain bins enough to know that wheel. Maybe I just have big hands, but like it's it, it, it fits pretty it's easy. It's Pretty small. It's pretty small. It's
1: pretty small. But he, you know he it, it was just he made it look he made it look tiny. I'm just kind of.
0: Um, I, what got me more than the actual subject of that was just the fact that there might be something out there that everyone thinks Reggie, <laughs> Reggie just has huge hands.
1: I don't <laughs> well, know. No, well, I, I should clarify. He's just a large man. Like yeah, uh, you know. I think he's like what uh, six six three
0: six five.
1: I imagine that he's that tall. I don't know, though. I've never seen him. or I, Yeah, I've never even really paid attention to it. I've just always assumed that he is an enormous man for some
0: reason. Yeah, like, I mean, Shigeru
1: Miyamoto, probably like eight, eight nine feet tall. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... What, the only thing I can say that, like, is okay about the PlayStation 5 design, like, the thing that kind of made me go, like, okay about it a tiny bit is realizing that it just kind of looks like it's from Portal, you know? It, like, it looks like they, they took inspiration from that style of future design of where everything is, like, smooth and white plastic over a black technology center, you know, uh, and... Yeah. Props to them. Though it looks though. like a they they it, they made it, it, um
0: they made changeable faceplates, kind of like how the 360 started doing.
1: Yeah, but then that company tried to make colored faceplates and they ceased and desisted them.
0: Did they really? They, <laughs> oh my god, really? See, that, that I would believe that from Nintendo. I didn't think that would come from PlayStation. I was thinking they were it, actually yeah. officially interchangeable. Is that not a thing? They're,
1: well, there may have been a little bit more to the story. Like, hmm. I, you know, don't don't take it at super face okay. value. It, there may have been, like, the PlayStation logo on the faceplate, and so they didn't want people to think it was an official product or that kind of thing. Might have just been something like that.
0: Right. But, but uh, coming back to what you were saying about the Switch, you were saying it's basically the system you want to buy if you want to play retro-styled games.
1: Yeah, like if you're a grumpy asshole like me, and like you just want to put the game in and play it, then the Switch is the system that like has that mentality still. The games are relatively small. They're still on cartridges. There's not a lot of patches uh, and that kind of thing. And so it's you know it's just a it's an easy simple system to use. Would you say there's not a lot of patches then? Because
0: I feel like a, I feel like the one Switch game I played recently, two of them actually had a had a patch but it didn't take too long to download but I, right like they're gonna be small even
1: you know yeah. like when when you do get a, a a patch on a nintendo game they're generally really small now let it be known though like it might it might depend on the game also right like i'm not playing you know they released like doom 2016 on it mm-hmm. right or or like god forbid let's say a call of duty game comes out on the system <laughs> uh and they have to like patch that a bunch right those might be big patches because we... it's, it's fucking activision you know um i play mostly nintendo games on the switch so you know can we it might just be a nintendo thing yeah
0: if we're gonna talk about can we talk about retro stuff uh that seemingly may not be retro to everyone have you ever played the this might even be just a ds game but not even a 3ds game call of duty modern warfare on the ds no it is fantastically awful (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember the name of it though. I'm pretty I sure be- it's just. It wasn't. I'm pretty sure it's just
0: Call of Duty: Modern Warfare DS or something like that. It it was definitely it, the it, Modern Warfare
1: universe. Okay, it might have a a subtitle on it because, like, I know when they put like World at War on the Wii, it had it had some little subtitle on the name to be a little different to like differentiate it, you know. Um, hmm. But but yeah yeah. Either way though, uh, no, I've not played. I did. I watched the Scott the Waz video about like all those Call of Duties though. Yeah. The DS ones and the Wii ones and all that. I haven't. They seen, seem pretty awful.
0: I haven't seen that. Um, but I am looking at Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. The, you know, the original thing. Uh, it doesn't list 3ds, so it probably does have a a, a different subtitle. But um, essentially, imagine. Uh, not on 3ds, mind you, but on I, I played this on my DSi, so I know for a fact mm-hmm. it's a DS game. Uh, it, it's a first-person shooter game on the DS, and you use the stylus to as if it were a mouse in in a, like a mouse and yeah. keyboard game. And the game itself, I'm telling you, probably the okay, probably talking it up a little high here, but I get I got the same vibe that I got when I played uh GoldenEye as a kid. Because it was one of those games that if you have other friends with DSs nearby, you can broadcast it to and they can play as like kind of like how Mario Kart you you would have to be like a Goomba or whatever, um if you didn't own the game. But if you own the game you could pick whoever you want, but you could still play it with everyone. I love that feature. But they had that with the Call of Duty game and, uh, me, my girlfriend and her cousin, and I think one other person who might've been in the house at the time, uh, where we were hanging out, we're all just sitting like around just like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I was the only, maybe I liked it cause I was the only one who was doing good in it, but you know, it was, it was predictably terrible, but it didn't handle anywhere near as clunk as you'd think it would. And, oh dude. Yeah. I would consider, I would consider that not retro.
1: You don't think the DS is retro? I
0: think the DS has plenty of uh, retro software, uh, and I'm a little bit. see, this is this comes back to objective point of view here because I mostly skipped the DS and 3DS generations. Like I, ever since I stopped playing handheld games, which is the majority of my gaming as a kid. Um, And built a computer, I'd say, and got like the PS2 era. I pretty much was out of handhelds altogether. I missed the PSP, Regrettably, I missed uh, well, I both, but the Vita as well. Um, And I didn't really do DS stuff. I tried. I bought a DSi, and then I got uh, Pokemon Leaf Green because I wanted to play Red version, but in HD graphics. Uh, It lost my attention. wasn't a fan. Um, Sorry, that was on the DS Lite that I bought after DSi. I bought Diamond. That, no, I'm sorry, Platinum, which is Platinum, Diamond, and Pearl. That generation of Pokemon didn't hold my attention. So I didn't I didn't really do any mobile kind of gaming around that time. So that span of time in my head may be smaller than most. It's, it's, okay. I know the DS has been around for a while, and pretty much by anyone else's metrics, it would be considered retro. But with some games on the DS, you would immediately go, oh, that's that's old school, you know, like if you were to play it now.
1: Uh, like Castlevania, Dawn of Sorrow. Um, you know, Mario 64 is on it. So I don't well, know. you got that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that game is always relevant and also retro <laughs> because shit's yeah, always like, being done, done to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Or there's, uh, like, Super Princess Peach, you know? Uh, Like, I think about DS, and a a big thing of that is, like, the the resolution is smaller than it is on the 3DS. Where when you play a a DS game, it's got, like, it's real chunky, right? Like, it's got that aesthetic, which I love of, like, it's 3D, but the pixels are still pretty big because the resolution is down where, like, the N64 was, you know? And so, when you look at a a DS game's graphics blown up, it looks like an N64 game or something. It looks a little better. It looks, you know, it looks a little better. um, But it's that it's it's so old school. It's resolution is pretty
0: pretty much the same, isn't it? Like it's not it's not 240p on that bottom screen, but it is nowhere near like 720p.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's more around the 240 kind of range. I don't know exactly what it is, but that's that's what I'm telling you is that. You know, when those games are three, or when you look at a DS game, it looks like a, either a Game Boy Advance game or you know an N sixty four game or something, as far as the the pixel size versus the three D polys and that kind of stuff. And I, I think it looks super old school, uh, and I really like how it looks. I wanted to respond to what you were saying about Call of Duty and how it handles. Do though. it, and and this also goes right in with uh with like talking about the 3d look so my game on the ds very similar to that was metroid prime hunters oh okay. that game oh man so the thing was that game sold me on the ds before the ds even came out the if you bought the ds right away it came with a demo of metroid prime hunters and uh, and at the time, man, it was just the coolest thing in the world, because you got to remember that the Game Boy was a system where, except for a couple exceptions, uh, if you wanted to play multiplayer with somebody, both of you had to have a copy of the game. And a link cable. And you had to have a link cable. Yep. Uh, and for a third person, they had to have another link cable. And so you had to have everybody had to be tethered together, and the official the official link cables were like three feet. Oh, they long were tiny. Or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but they did so, allow you to to daisy chain, like he's well, it was not daisy chaining, but add that additional link to it for up to three, four people. And I thought that was yeah. cool, but I never got to use it. I still own my original link cable for my Game Boy Advance, and you're right, it was I, when I pulled it out, it was like I have a link cable from my. Game Boy, like DMG, that will still work because mm-hmm. it's the same port. Um, and it was like much longer, and it was aftermarket. And I was like, why would I not just use this? I'm gonna use this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, the Game Boy Advance one. That, like you said, though, it has that port for a third person mm-hmm. to plug in on yeah. it specifically, and a fourth person. But yeah, the idea of having uh, uh, three link cables and four people with four Game Boys, all with a copy. Of a legend, of, the Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past slash Legend of Zelda Four Swords yeah. on the Game Boy Advance. Just count, so they right? can play Zelda together, I'm pretty sure. No, nah, it was Link to the Past had Four Swords with it, hmm. and I, I, like, I don't know if I. I bet less than point one percent of people who owned. The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past on Game Boy Advance actually were able to play Four Swords. Because who the hell has that setup, you know? Who the hell has three other people who have it? They all got a link cable. They all got together to play it. Maybe you did out there, but you're the 0.1%. I'm telling
0: you're you. You're the people who uh, probably actually attended a LAN party, had enough friends to do a LAN party back <laughs> in the day. That was not me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So here's what I'm getting at, is now the DS comes out, and first of all, communication between DSs is wireless now. Oh, yeah. And man, was that absolutely revolutionary, because not only is it, like, it's wireless, yay, there's freedom from the cables, you don't have to have a cable anymore, and it feels... It, so, and so you don't have to be three feet from the other person. you're not tethered together. there's not that problem, right? But also it's a device that you don't have to buy, you know the, it's you, you've you don't have to buy the cable anymore. So that was awesome. Then the other thing that they did was download play. I, I I don't know who I'm talking to right now. If there's like children who don't remember this and now and I'm just like their grandpa telling them about how it back in my day, but that's what it was was, um n- download play was this new thing where only one person had to have the game and they could play multiplayer with other people wirelessly uh, who didn't have the game? They went to download play on their DS, and they down, and their DS would download from the other person's DS a small version of the game. To get even more old school, it was like a spawn install. Remember spawn installs? I do not for like StarCraft. No. So. StarCraft had a thing where uh, on the installer, you could install a spawn of the game, which didn't require a product key. So you could install a spawn on one PC and then install your main copy on your PC, and then you could host a game on your CD key verified copy, and a spawn could join and play multiplayer with you. Okay. So it was like that. Uh, uh, you know, the, another person's DS who didn't have the game, they would download a small version of the game onto their system, right into the RAM, so they could play multiplayer with you, and then, uh, and then it would just, it, since it's RAM, it would just be gone once they turn the system off. This sounds you know? like
0: exactly how that Call of Duty game
1: worked, though. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. That, this yeah. is kind of why I'm talking about yeah. this, because that's that's what it was. It was downloaded, and you play. didn't like that? so. I love Oh, I'm it. saying that's what this I love. Yeah, was revolutionary, dude. It was this insanely was the good. new shit. <laughs> Uh, and so the game that we played with it though is so so Metroid Prime Hunters. There was a demo of it when the system came out, and oh, it was the coolest fucking thing because it was Metroid Prime. It was, f- it was first, you know, so it was a first person shooter. But yeah, you had you used the stylus to aim and the D pad to move. Yes, and L was shoot, and it felt so, so weird, but it worked to play. I thought it felt it was yeah, incredibly yeah, I, bizarre. I, bizarre. <laughs> I know people who still play first-person shooters like that to this day. They use a trackpad on their PC oh, okay. to play first-person games with. Because, um, yeah, it was a really great way to control. Uh, and then it wasn't until like two years later that they finally uh, that they finally released the actual Metroid Prime Hunters, uh, which had online play at that point. You know, Now it had Nintendo Wi-Fi online play. And oh man, I'm sorry that this, this is a whole story time, right? But back then, when this shit was new, having a wireless router in your house was not common. Um, you know, Wi-Fi was. New shit. And like it's really interesting to think about how groundbreaking the Nintendo DS was at the time. It had a touch screen on it. Shit didn't have touch screens back oh, then. Oh yeah, it was great. When the Nintendo DS came out and had a touch screen on it, the only things back then that people carried around with touch screens were Palm Pilots, and people don't even know what the fuck Palm Pilots are anymore. So like that shit was revolutionary. Can we do, on top can we do a of timeline
0: that timeline check real quick, though, hang on. Palm pilots. <laughs> existed likely but like mainstream use at the same time as the nintendo ds
1: yeah they were well they were before but i was gonna say i think they were but it's like mid 90s yeah yeah so like palm pilots were out for a while Mm -hmm. And then in 2004, the DS came out, but other stuff didn't have touchscreens yet, really. And then it was like the iPhone and the iPod Touch and stuff. That came out kind of shortly after. I feel like, I think, I don't know. But the point is, it was pretty damn groundbreaking to have a touchscreen on the DS. uh, Especially at the price point that the DS was. But then also, it had Wi-Fi. And back then, Wi-Fi was not something that people just had in their houses. It was a big deal that like they there were ads out that said like hey Nintendo get this Nintendo partnered with McDonald's to have Nintendo Wi-Fi hotspots at McDonald's. I think I remember that. So that, that people Yes, so you could so it was advertised that you could go to McDonald's because they had Wi-Fi so you could play your DS online with people and that was like a big deal. Um so for me, we didn't have a wireless router in my house, so there was a product that it looked like a USB flash drive. Because um, we did, we had internet, we just didn't have Wi-Fi. It's like a dongle, so right? you would, yeah. yeah. So you'd plug this USB dongle into your PC that was a Nintendo product <laughs> that would share. It, it had its own Wi-Fi signal that would share the internet with a connecting DS. That's nuts, and that's how I played. Metroid Prime Hunters online with people, and I had a blast. I had a blast. The number one guy, his, shout outs to I Eat Poo. He was number one on the on the Metroid Prime Hunters uh, leaderboards <laughs> until Action Replay came out and ruined everything. Then Action Replay came out and everyone was invincible online, yeah. and you know it wasn't like there were patches for DS games, so we weren't oh, able. Oh no, to, and they didn't even go back you know, and,
0: and try to fix it.
1: Well, the, what what do you do? It's it's a retro game. It's this is one. See see the DS is retro, Nox! no. The DS listen, came listen. out you, and you it just described, ruined
0: the You just described every reason why it's the not.
1: Landscape. You just described
0: every reason why it's not retro. You said, "Oh <laughs> shit, it's got a touch screen." Oh shit, that's, it's got Wi-Fi. Um, the devices before that's a good that, point. the devices before that were lucky if they had a hard drive. <laughs>
1: a good point so
0: it's a good i would point. say that's that's generally why that's my cutoff it's like okay ps2 uh, you could buy you could buy the slim and it would have uh an integrated network port but you know what it wouldn't have it wouldn't have the hardware on board that the ps1 or that the ps2 had to essentially run ps1 games without as far as i know, i'm talking on my ass here mostly not emulation um, like it puts it, it puts it through its own like upscaling, obviously not upscaling, but like it's running at 240p. But I think it will run PS1 games at f- well. PS1 games had 480i anyway. But, but my point, Some my them, point, yes. It's you. I'm thinking about a PS2. If you think about it in terms of the Game Boy Advance, a generation earlier, which is the same time as PS2, you get mm-hmm. exactly what you said. Four link cables to play on a Game Boy Advance versus Wi-Fi. Um, a whole new method of propagating information uh, that, that most people didn't even have in their homes yet seems pretty future a futuristic leap to me. Now, if you look at the gameplay, though, even the gameplay alone, the DS and the Game Boy Advance, insanely huge jump. Like, the, the the Game Boy Advance had minimal ability to actually process and render 3D graphics. Um, I'm thinking, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Uh, I think there was a Spyro game that did that, too, but I'm probably mistaken. Either way, it couldn't do anything close to what the, even the early DS did, which I think technically was even, like... Less well specced out than the later normal Nintendo. D- yeah. like, oh my God, we we don't even need to get into Nintendo's crazy DS line naming convention,
1: like New 3DS. Oh, right. uh, you know all that so stuff. Th- three. Yeah, yeah. So DS 3D or, or Game Boy Advance 3D, like the Tony Hawk games you mentioned cuz those it was like the the environment was 2D but it was isometric right and then yeah it was just like the player models though were 3D was it isometric uh, that, i thought
0: it was actually yeah. full 3D from what i saw i think i saw a screenshot from Kotaku um that i that i was really impressed by i th- i thought i saw footage i'm i mean i'm going off memory here but
1: okay Every Tony Hawk game that's on Game Boy Advance that I know of was an isometric perspective. That's cool. But there was a Need for Speed game, I remember, that was fully 3D, and there were probably other fully 3D games also. But even in the Tony Hawk games though, you're right, the the character models themselves were 3D. I'm thinking it was um, like 7,
0: but, like just 7 Game Boy Advance games that were 3D.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it was very few of them. Kind of like the 3D on the on the um Super Nintendo, you know, Super Nintendo had Mode Seven, so a lot of games looked 3D, like Super Mario Kart, but they weren't 3D. And that's, uh, but then like mm-hmm,
0: that's all on the processing but then like Star on boards on the on the chip of the of the cartridge. It's not actually yes, to do with yeah. the hardware, like the the. You know, apples and oranges because cartridges, and they can be essentially be just second computers.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. It's a, it's a really important distinction. Yeah. The the Super Nintendo can't do it, but the uh, the cartridges themselves. Some cartridges have the Super FX chip, and they have 3D in them, like Star Fox and Yoshi's Island, uh, and that's why most games have only used the middle pins. But then some games have the two pins, the two pin sets on the two sides uh those are the super fx games i think
0: for super nintendo yeah yeah because there's one there's games that are just one solid pcb uh uh edge i guess edge connector that's not the word for it but yeah um the yeah the pcb leads essentially there's just one solid piece for the most of the games i'm thinking about but i guess the mode Mm seven ones have two pieces
1: Makes sense. Well, not Mode 7. That's what we're talking about, the Super FX. Not Mode 7. Okay.
0: I get those confused, actually, a lot. Mode 7 is different. Ah, Mode 7 is just taking a 2D plane and flipping it horizontally, from what I remember. No, no, no. Uh, 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 Backwards, backwards. You take the horizontal plane and you flip it vertical. That's Mario Kart. You put a sprite on the background level of Mario Kart, which is designed to be laid flat, and then you get the track.
1: Yeah, so that's just a clever use of it. So really what it is is that there are eight modes on the Super Nintendo, which are, like, the different layers that it can draw things. And mode seven is the furthest back layer. Mm. Uh, and that layer has the unique ability to stretch and scale and rotate the image that's on it. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the ability to take a, a, a still image and, like, turn it and squish it and do all that kind of stuff only the background layer can do that and that's the layer called mode seven uh because the layers are called modes yeah. and it's the eighth one and so since we're starting at zero it's mode Seven.
0: Oh, okay and
1: then yeah that makes sense and then if you just cleverly if you cleverly use your scaling and your and stuff you can make it look like a mario kart track
0: what other uses did they have for that though? I feel like there was definitely a few other games. Um,
1: uh, tons of stuff. Like in in you know a- any time that you saw something that like went like wow you know like that kind of stuff on the on the uh, like, like uh, the, the, on the Bowser s- fight at the end of Mario World. Yeah, I was going to say Mario kind like has that scaling. He like flies at the screen. You know, in Contra Three when there's that plane at the start that flies at the screen. I haven't know? seen
0: Contra, but that I know what you're talking about with uh, with Bowser now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about Uh, why
0: retro does not fit the Nintendo DS. (laughs) uh, Well, so okay,
1: so besides games that use the touch screen, I feel like the gameplay, like if you take like Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow, that plays just like a Game Boy Advance.
0: Absolutely, because it also plays like the PS One game, as far as I understand. I actually own that. Yeah, the the PS One's pretty retro. Yeah, well, the PS One's definitely retro. Um. God mm-hmm. damn! Like PS One, I was I was listening to um another podcast talk about like how Crash Bandicoot essentially was needing to take advantage of way more horsepower but sony had a library file or something that they said hey you have to program your game based on this library and app- apparently that library file was so poorly optimized or something or another that essentially they couldn't use about like 80 percent of the available horsepower of the ps1 to draw polygons like it was just the way sony's huh. framework had it um Made it so that they had to figure out okay well we can't do an open 3d world like we want to so how are we going to do it well uh we could make it so the character is you know has to come back towards the screen For some of these levels, like Crash Bandicoot, he does. And that way you get to see his crazy cartoony face and it shows off the polygons there. And a lot of the polygons in the maps, I think, are actually mostly just Crash and his animations. Um, So that's kind of how they had to work around that. They had to like hack Sony's uh, API, is not the right word, but that's the word I want to use. But yeah, um,
1: that's interesting. Did you know that when the PSP first came out, they limited the processing power under under like its full potential? Um, Do you think that's I forgot on what it is. Yes, to save battery power for oh, sure. Oh,
0: well, I mean like to I thought you meant like as if you if you were just kind of reducing its processing capability just for the heck of it early on in the in the life cycle.
1: Um well, I a hundred percent. I think that they it was a decision made early on to for like uh, battery life and heat concerns as well. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, later though, when they wanted to, when you know, when they wanted to make the system a little bit more exciting, uh, yeah, the, you know, they they did unlock it later and then allow later games to take use of it. I want to say God of War Chains of Olympus might have been the first game to on use PSP, the full yeah. processing power of the system.
0: It probably needed
1: it. But that, yeah, that game looks yeah. real, real good, and so yeah. does the other God. The two God of War games on PSP are awesome.
0: I didn't get to play them yet. Um, I wanted to because I played all three God of Wars. I haven't played four yet. Um, but that actually, uh, what you were just saying reminds me of. So okay, hang on. I had a train of thought and I lost it. We, uh, one subject ago, we were talking about the DS and why it's not. Retro to me, uh, but we're talking
1: about after that. Fuck!
0: Where, damn it! I've totally lost my place.
1: I think we should maybe try to wrap up the what's retro discussion.
0: Okay. What's the what's the latest you consider retro? Because it's definitely going to be later
1: than May. Um, I don't know, man. PS Two, I think for Sony, and Wii for Nintendo is retro, and. Uh, yes and Mm -hmm. uh microsoft you know what i just don't know enough about microsoft to say so uh so i yeah i just don't know
0: i was a huge fan of the first of the first first xbox not a fan of their naming conventions because i can't say the xbox one (laughs) but retro i would definitely consider it alongside the ps2 um as far as games late in its life that i would not consider retro like like well, ah, the craziest fact to me was that the last ps2 game got made in 2014 <laughs> Like the PS3 oh, was out, right. yeah. It was like it, probably, was, it was probably like FIFA, right? I think it was exactly FIFA, and yeah. I think it's because FIFA has so many fans in South America, and I want to say that game might have released in South America exclusively, if okay. not Europe and South America. And I didn't really understand it until I heard, uh, just digging into some history um, about EA. I always wonder, like, growing up, because I've never been a sports fan. I've always been that kind of dude. I I, I I, can actually have fun with sports if I'm playing them. And there's not a lot of sports I like to play, and there's less that I even go out of my way to even think about. But, like, I can have fun that way. Video games, no. Didn't get it at all. But I, there, there are those people that just play, uh, like you said, Call of Duty. Call of Duty, you talk about a franchise that's earned its massive player base uh, with Madden and stuff like that, but I I never understood how this stuff could come out year after year with very minimal change. It's like, it's football. What changed last year? I didn't get it until that EA stuff I read into. They were like, first of all, very characteristic of EA. They go, "Uh, we, we put money towards making sports games every year because they're cheap to make, people are going to buy them no matter what and uh there's way more of those people are out there Are they
1: that cheap to make though because I have a feeling that NFL makes them pay out the ass for licensing, you know? Um so
0: I think oh, I couldn't even pre- I couldn't even pretend to be in uh in a in a in an NFL league like you know business business executive knowing how the the deals that they have operated back and forth between the amr i couldn't pretend to to know any of that but like if it was even remotely what i think it's going to be like i, I they're going to both parties are going to come out making a fuck ton of money i don't see why they wouldn't just be mutually be okay with it License it or not. Like it's EA EA's already got huge money anyway. They could probably get right. around licensing no matter well, what.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they certainly want to be the company that makes the games because they'll get because like you're saying, it makes a lot of money. But because it it does guarantee them a bunch of money, I can only imagine what the fees are for them to uh you know, for them to license that out. Same with like WWE and uh and all those other things.
0: Yeah. Th- I think there's just way more money than I can fathom seeing in one place going on regular yeah. transaction-wise that I just don't it, consider. Yeah.
1: It is a, a crazy thing with that kind of stuff. Like just how much. Like when, when you when you hear that like this movie had a hundred and fifty million dollars as its advertising budget, right? It's just like how the fuck do they recoup that, you know? But it just turn it always just turns out for me, uh, that like I always just forget just how many fucking people there are on the planet. You oh know? yeah, yeah. Th- like it's... there's just so many people.
0: <laughs> you get you the problem is like we our brains aren't evolved enough to understand how the internet works. Like we don't understand the scalability of, of the actions we we say and do and take online. Like, if you were a content creator, and you you think like all of my friends like this kind of game I, I play this kinds of game that's that's a, that's like that that's gonna stick with your perceptive of gaming. So we don't, there's so many more people that are not me that like I'm probably like one in like 50 gamers compared to like you know people who are sports fans, which are probably a bigger significant portion of the ratio of overall yeah. gaming population. You go into a good, dude, you go into a Goodwill now, uh, and I say this because I like to go thrifting for like retro games and such, but you go into a Goodwill now, what do you see the most on the on the racks? If you if you know a spot that has video games together,
1: you racks see- Racks and racks of sports games.
0: It's 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 50% sports games, mm-hmm. and the other 50% is literally just the same version of Wii Fit. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And and of oh, course, yeah. there's
0: the boards everywhere too. But oh like, God, we fit.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, and
0: actually, Do sorry. Do you remember
1: when it was Guitar Hero? Do you remember when you couldn't give away a a wired Guitar Hero guitar to somebody?
0: Oh, uh, I. That was kind of the portion of gaming history I just kind of skipped out on. But
1: oh, okay. I yeah,
0: I i I I've I know that like those guitars are very cheap to buy. Not now, I don't think. Really are there well, i'm sure there's collect oh god there's there's got to be guitar pe- people or guitar hero people out there that let it just play guitar hero i'm sure
1: oh yeah yeah. That, that, that's kind of um oh yeah that's that's absolutely a thing um so okay hang on I, there is something something i was getting at i don't remember you do that stuff don't you, you, you don't you play a
0: modded version of of guitar hero
1: uh, yeah. Okay. So I did also just remember the other thing I was going to say. Um, okay. <laughs> so you, so you were talking about like how you're one in 50 people, which yet yeah, like with how many people there are and how many people that play games. Like one example would be that every single person I know, whether or not they've played it, every single person knows what the binding of Isaac is, you know, I in don't- my opinion in my circle you know what it is
0: i know it's a game i i know that i've I've, attra- I've been attracted to that game specifically for the title because it has a cool uh-huh. title and i've never sought it out
1: beyond that and it don't blew lie my to mind. me right now what it blew do my you mind know about the binding of isaac
0: that you have what is it, six hundred and twenty one hours in it. That's about my the extent
1: of my knowledge. Oh, I have six hundred and twenty-one hours in one version of it.
0: Do you wanna know what's even funnier about the binding of Isaac? It's gonna my perception of that game is gonna be entirely different than yours. Because the entire reason I remember the name The Binding of Isaac was because it came to me it came to me after I was trying to recall a dream I had about the time I saw the trailer for The Life of Pi. Okay. <laughs> so that is what The Binding of Isaac is in the
1: back of my head.
0: Can you please enlighten okay.
1: me? Well, anyway, what, what my original point was, was that if you went up to people on the street or, or you asked people who walked into a game store what The Binding of Isaac is, most of them probably haven't heard of it. Mm. Even though in my circle it's the most popular video game that's ever been. You know what I mean? Not literally yeah. the most popular ever. Excuse your yeah. view, yeah. yeah. Um, but wait so you're asking me what it is?
0: Yes, could you explain to me what binding is it a pl- I assume it's a platform because that's that seems to be your forte.
1: It is not. It is oh. a roguelike stick shooter. Oh,
0: so thinking like uh, nuclear throne.
1: Yes. All right. So take nuclear throne, right? But make it not suck. <laughs> nah, <that's, laughs> I'm just being a dick. All right. I'm just being a dick. Um all right. So it be, let let me explain it better. Um it is more like the Legend of Zelda uh as far but like randomly generated. So you drop into a dungeon, it's top down, it's a square, it's uh, you know, there's like a tile of a floor as far as, like, there's rocks and holes and stuff, but they're all on a grid. You know, there might be a door on the top, left, right, or bottom, right? It's a Zelda dungeon that has been randomly generated. Would you call it retro-styled? Uh, The... New one is, and oh. the old one isn't. The original one was a flash game, actually. Oh, okay. so it had very it had very smooth graphics, uh, while the while the <laughs> remake of it is pixel art. I was going to um, say, wait,
0: hang on. It, it was a flash game, and you're noting that it was very smooth in gameplay. That's that's a that's oh a not small in gameplay.
1: Oh God, no. The oh, okay. uh, <laughs> the brush strokes. Oh. you know that that you know the flash brush stroke look. Where everything's like real thick inky lines that are vector graphics, so you can zoom really close on them and all that. I know what
0: vector graphics are.
1: Okay. Well, Flash is vector graphics, so okay. so everything is very smoothed out. Um, but but f- the frame rate was terrible. Flash could hardly run the game. Yeah, awful. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's why like right when it got popular, they instantly remade it uh, in a proper engine. Um So it, so you drop into a, a, a Zelda style dungeon where you know there's different rooms that go uh, that go on a grid. Uh, and somewhere on the room, oh and you are a little boy who fights demons by shooting his tears. So he know. is a crying boy that fires projectile tears. And the very most important thing about the game, in my opinion, the very most important part of the design philosophy is that you can only fire in four directions, similar to Legend of Zelda. Uh, you know, in 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 your bow and arrow or shooting your sword. Have you played um,
0: Shock Troopers? No. It's um I won't say it's super unique but it is it's an arcade game it's a snk neo geo arcade game i don't i'm not sure if it was an snk developed game but either way it's like that it's where you're running and gunning like up a. it's like a you can kind of consider it a shooter game but you're running and gunning, like getting behind cover and going around and you can shoot in different directions i want to say
1: that game had eight-way directional shooting though but you're okay. saying four-way <laughs> is
0: important to the way
1: that this game works absolutely uh so You go through the rooms and you fight monsters, right? And these monsters might, you know, they all have real, real, like, so when you ask if it's retro style and you're asking me, stupid hipster with my dumb definitions of the word, absolutely. Because it's a, it's video game as shit when you're playing it. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, all of the enemies have like these really distinct looks to them. So you really quickly like memorize the way that they behave. Right. Here's a guy that just kind of wanders around and doesn't do anything, right? Here's a thing that sit that that floats there and it shoots at you, and that's important. It shoots at you. You know what I mean? Here's a thing that looks similar but a little bit different, and instead of shooting at you, it shoots a little fork that goes around you, oh, so you no. get hit if you move. You know Jeez. what I mean? It's a it's and a zigzag so, situation, right? And so, or or there are enemies that like fire shots just in different patterns, right? Mm. And so all of these different uh, enemies are just the way that you engage all of them. You, you just have to like really quickly visually identify that's that guy. Here's what he does. And then you kind of have to know how you're going to move in order to take it down without getting hit. You know, you and wouldn't call it a that- bullet hell, would you? No. Um, okay. There are certain like bosses later in the game that fire a lot of projectiles and get a little bullet hellish, but I would not call it that overall. Yeah, Really, it's that you go into a room, there's like five enemies in it, some chase you down, some shoot at you, and you take them out, right? By shooting tears at them. Now, here's where it gets real good, though, is that normally you just shoot bloop, 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 you shoot shots, right? Um, but... There are, like, 500 different items in the game that you can collect that change your character. So some of them are just a damage upgrade. Some of them just increase your rate of fire. Uh, Some of them increase your speed, right? But then there's stuff like, there's an item that makes it so that now, instead of shooting tears, you throw up a ball that explodes. And now that's your character. You do that now. Let me ask: um,
0: the story of the game is it related at all to the biblical binding of Isaac? Yeah, it's because like you're a, mo- just a little crying boy.
1: Yes, it's like a more modern take on it, where oh. you play as a boy named Isaac, who you know, it's actually kind of weird to describe the story <laughs> of the game without spoiling it, because oh, okay. it's one of those things that it's like, well, it presents it to you this way, but the more you play it, the more you kind of figure out that it's actually this. You know what I mean? So what what I'll just tell you the the setup is is that it's a um it's a boy who lives with a single mother. His single mother hears the voice of God telling her that she has to sacrifice him. And so he jumps into the basement to escape. And now the game starts and you're in the basement and your ultimate goal is to defeat mom.
0: I get this. This is I remember this now and that's why this seemed so familiar um well not this but have you seen the game little nightmares or at least little nightmares 2 yeah. i've mm-hmm. I, i've only seen gameplay of two uh my friend cole uh, streamed it and it is adorably incredibly depressingly dark but it's it seems to be that kind of vein where it's like oh something really scary and, and like traumatic is happening let's get let's escape right now it seems like that is kind of a similar theme
1: yeah, and you said the word adorable, also, which that's a big thing with Edmund McMillan's art. He's the one who uh, designed Isaac and did the like the visual design of it as well. And his whole thing is is cute and gross, you know, or cute and scary. Uh, mm. and, and he's actually said like in interviews that it, it's almost sort of like a back and forth that he does with himself where he's designing something and he's like, ah, this is like, this is too scary, make it cuter, you know, or ah, this is getting a little too gross, make it cuter, you know, um, or this is too cute, make it grosser, uh, and, and, but anyway, so yeah, a lot of stuff kind of has that vibe to it, right? But yeah, not to like spoil too much about where the story eventually goes, but um, it, it's really interesting the way that the game plays with its perception of religion, where a lot of people kind of hear what the game is about, and you would immediately assume the game is very anti religious because it's talking about a woman who thinks she hears the name of God or the voice of God. The game doesn't say he did this, really. Uh, it more sort of just says she heard the voice of God and how do you interpret that? you know? Yeah, um, And so a lot of people might think that it's very anti-religious. This lady is trying to murder her child, right? Uh, but uh, it turns out to be a lot more about Isaac's own perception of himself in the eyes of how he sees religion as a as a boy, right? Um, and so a lot of what ends up happening in the game, uh, ends up being very back and forth. For example, let me tell you about, like, my favorite mechanic in the game, especially, uh, thematically, is that, um, you get a chance sometimes to make a devil deal. Sometimes, after you beat a boss, this this devilish door opens up, and you go in there, and Satan is there, and he offers you the ability to trade in heart containers permanent health for powerful items so you can literally make a deal with the devil in the game uh in order uh, to get powerful shit that's very tempting in in exchange for permanent in exchange for your soul or for your life and the reason I make I say both is because the game has a mechanic called soul hearts that are kind of like armor. You know in Zelda how you've got so many heart containers, yeah, right? Yeah. Isaac also has blue hearts that get added on top of your maximum health, almost like armor. And oh, when okay. you lose them, they're, they're just, just gone, gone forever. They're yeah. not like a... Uh, yeah. So those are called soul hearts. And so devil deals might either be for red heart containers or for soul hearts. He can take part of your life. He can take your soul for these items that are tempting, right? Now, if you don't do it, though, if you see a devil deal and you don't do it, it unlocks the ability later in your run. After you fight another boss, you might get an angel room or a godly room. And in that room, you are given a powerful item for free. And uh, and it's just given to you. So And be- there's... S- yeah
0: it's procedurally gener- generated because it's a roguelike, right? Yeah, so it's really on un- you wouldn't be able to predict what you need to do and when if you were doing another run because it's always going to be different, right?
1: Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of risk reward, but I love, love, love the thematic element that you have to resist temptation from Satan in order to unlock the godly room or the 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 reward yeah um and if you take a you know and if you take a devil deal that that locks you out of angel rooms for the rest of the run and the other thing there's there's more nuance to it though the devil deal is a selection he gives you options more than one choice you know uh and to to tempt you with like a little of this little of that while the angel room is this is the item that you get you know uh and it's free right and so it's like it, it's that idea of how god has rules and he tells you how to be and how to live and and all that you know what i mean how weird would and that s-
0: be if we got that mechanic in like mario you know how in some levels if you go to the, if you get enough coins for i think it's like uh, you get enough coins for a bonus you get to uh that slot room slot machine room you can just kind oh, of yeah, yeah. gamble and get see if you can get an item for the next round. What if you just didn't kill any Goombas one round? or what if Right, you, right. You, <laughs> I wonder if someone could program. Well, Nintendo would shut it down the second someone makes something fantastic. That's just what they do. But mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no. Real so, quick. Go ahead. They did add later in Angel Rooms. I just I want to clear up in case anyone knows, you know, about this game. They did add like choices into Angel Rooms later, and that kind of ruins that little thematic piece. But that's how it used to be. They least. added <laughs> choices,
0: like to, so you could choose. Yeah, different like items? now
1: sometimes Angel Rooms have two items, and you oh. get your choice of one of them. Hmm. It takes away that little bit, you know, that little bit of that like, I really liked. Yeah. It's, it sounds uh, like it
0: makes you follow an interesting thought process.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 there there is a lot of stuff in the game that like you know that that does ultimately point towards a, an an interesting balance between you know the good and evil sides of the Bible and how both of them have an effect on Isaac, and ultimately it's about how these things influence him, you know, rather than. Yeah, rather than having any like directly anti- or pro-religious message.
0: Well, this spawned off oh. of uh, retro-styled games. Um, have you heard of... I go to this person a lot for, for retro-styled games because they play the most out of anyone I know. Uh, but my friend Vegan Tyler started playing a game called... Was it Loop Hero? Have you seen oh, this Oh, I've yet? heard of it. So, from what I understand, it's a roguelike... That essentially is like you start a loop in a small area and you move along in those directional, you know, squares, tiles, whatever. Um, and I think you start building like settlements somewhere. Or like buildings or something and you have to keep going around the loop and you have to make choices and what to do where and it eventually gets to the point where you have like this kind of cool little town graphically the game is beautiful um if <laughs> actually you know what? It, it probably wouldn't be out of the realm of uh, possibility to get get it running on something like a super nintendo now that i think about it but it's 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 that level of graphics it's very pretty pixel art um like I wouldn't say low res, but not like um, not like amazing, like 1080p sprite work either. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a, it's one of those retro mm-hmm. games where, well, it's not a retro game, but it's one of those games that's styled to be retro, has the look. I haven't seen a whole lot of gameplay, but it looks pretty low action. Like, um, like the the you just see the black field and then the lit up areas where your movement uh, has been from your loop. And then the playable area that you, that you expand from there—that's that, the visible area for the majority of the time that I think the gameplay takes place. So it's like not graphically demanding. It's pretty pixel art. It's a roguelite because you know procedural generation is not—I guess that's not what you'd call it here. Um, it, it's mostly just the fact that no two runs are going to be the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting looking so- game. With that whole, like, idea of roguelikes and stuff, the the thing that I, I uh, the ultimate, like, thing that I think gets most people coming back to Isaac for so many, so many hours is the big thing, as I mentioned, like, so there's an item that, you know, turns your, your shots into puke, right, that explodes, and mm-hmm. now that's just how it is. Or there's an item that makes you shoot two tears at once in, a pa- in like, a cross, right, instead of, uh, or, or sorry, I, I mean, like, 3 in like a fork, you know, and that kind of thing. Now, if you get both of those, it does both. Oh. And so there's like all these different combinations of items that you end up getting that that synergize with each other in interesting ways, you know. Um, so like on one run, you might be like, Oh, now I shoot one shot that goes forward and it hits something and splits off into two and those split off. But all of them are also homing and then they explode at the end. You that know? sounds and it's fun like as the,
0: hell actually.
1: Yeah. Like, like shit gets out of control on some runs hmm. where, um, you know, the, like some, some runs kind of stay pretty basic and those runs actually start to be really fun after you've played a lot of the game. Um, at first it's like you want the crazy shit right and then you start breaking the game where it's like now i hold down the fire button and the screen is just flashing and lighting up and everything's dead and i can't even see my character anymore but like everything's dead um you know like it gets fucked it's its own bfg when, when you break the game that hard it's 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 just fucked, right? And then once you've played, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of it like me, then you start to appreciate the runs that don't get so crazy, where it's like, yeah, I'm just shooting the regular shots, but they're really fast and powerful now, and that's fun too, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a it. Overall, I I have like over two thousand hours of the game. If you Jesus. if you include the flash version and the remake and the fact that I've played the remake on PC and PS4 and Switch and Vita, I didn't you know, know it was even um, out that long. Uh yeah, I want to say the so so when I first started Twitch streaming was about when it was just before Rebirth came out, which was the remake, Rebirth. and that would have been like. Gosh, that would have been like 2014, I think. You've been streaming for a while. Yeah, I just celebrated my
0: two-year uh, stream anniversary, so that's it's pretty new to me. But yeah, retro-styled games, and we mostly talked about roguelikes though, which are actually retro because it started off with rogue.
1: Right, rogue is an extremely retro game, and and definitely, I think roguelikes are are a game that I think a lot of or a style that I think a lot of people would think is pretty retro just because the the nature of the games uh makes them pretty minimalistic as far as what actually happens in one run and the the fun comes from uh getting you to play the same thing over and over again you know instead of something like an open world game that's massive, oh, it's so many square miles this map, and there's so many quests you know like that's what there's games a game like, to be um Not well, open uh,
0: world but like you you sit down and the fun is uh trying to do it over and over again, better or different
1: that's exactly what I'm saying, yes, is that is that a lot of games nowadays have that that they want to impress you with the scale right but roguelikes by nature are a lot more retro because. It's the idea of you, you, you fire it up, you start a new game, you play through it, you say, I had fun, and you're done, you know? And then you maybe you do it again the next day. And that's exactly what Super Mario Bros. on NES is like.
0: So for people like me who are not well-versed in, in roguelikes, what what would you consider like a great intro to start with that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, well, 100% The Binding of Isaac is great. If you don't like the art style though, I know a lot of people aren't into the religious themes, they aren't into the cute gross style and that kind of thing. Yeah, cuz I, um, I think of
0: Super Meat Boy when I think of that.
1: It's the same guy uh, designed it. Oh shit, really? Okay, yep. I didn't know that. So so yeah, Edmund McMillan uh back do were you a Newgrounds kid?
0: I when when I could find it on a mirror that wasn't blocked. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, so Ed McMillan started out making Newgrounds games, uh, hmm. including the, the game just called Meat Boy was a was a Newgrounds game, and then yeah, Super Meat Boy was uh, was his first like thing that you would be like, yeah, it's an indie game, very retro uh, style not, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that game on the you know came out on the 360 was a huge deal, and uh, yeah, his next so the thing was though, um, Super Meat Boy was super super successful. And uh, and he made the Binding of Isaac as like sort of a a just like step back. Yeah, I'm just gonna he literally his words when 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 someone like w- w- in an interview was like, "What you're working on now?" He was like, "Ah, just some little piece of shit," <laughs> you know. Um, and then it came out, and oh my god, now it's even more popular. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, so yeah,
0: I I I still haven't seen gameplay of it, but I imagine it's not like super meat boy it was like a crazy fast-paced platformer with ninja gaiden style wall sliding and all that yeah yeah. it's not that at let's all let's just
1: say meat boy is to mario what the binding of isaac is to legend of zelda you know totally you'll get see that, it yeah. and you'll be like oh that's a lot like zelda except wow it's crazy you know <laughs> yeah
0: i can see that um, so you, you go by like we're talking like uh game boy zelda where you have like the squares system i guess mm-hmm. gotcha
1: yeah, like it's a top-down view in yeah. a dungeon, and you can see the tiles of the floor and stuff like that. I
0: don't know why I said that. I uh, guess I'm just used to thinking about uh, the, the, the Game Boy stuff. It's the same exact thing on the uh, on the NES, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, so, so as far as other roguelikes go, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the best person to ask because I don't love roguelikes in general. In fact, if you same. tell me that a game is roguelike, I think I'm less inclined to like it Originally, just because I think that a lot of the time randomization is used, uh, sort of more lazily than it is as actually good, or maybe it's not even a lazy thing, but more it's just I generally enjoy when challenges are handcrafted, you know. When it's like if I'm going to play a platformer, I want the designer to have sat down and thought about this spacing of these platforms exactly, you know. I can see uh, that, yeah. a, a random one is kind of dumb. Um. So I think that that problem ends up happening in roguelikes a lot for me where it's like, eh, this doesn't feel like somebody crafted it. And so it's just all kind of the idea of random is supposed to be that it's so exciting because it's different every time. But instead, because of its random nature, it's kind of always the same, you know. And you While get that with somebody, like Super Mario,
0: the, the feeling that you can tell that it was sat down with.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when when everything is random all the time, it just kind of makes it kind of all feel the same, ironically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, but, but, though, as far as roguelikes that I do really like, though, like, Isaac, I think, gets around that problem because the layout of the floor is randomized, what items you get are randomized, what enemies are in, what rooms are randomized, right? But those rooms themselves... Those are handcrafted. When you walk into a room, the layout of rocks, the spacing of the holes, what enemies can be in certain rooms, and the enemy behaviors themselves, those are things that are all rock solid, you know? And then you get into a boss fight, and the boss fight is... Well, I guess that's all roguelikes also, that the boss fights are going to be designed. But you know what I mean, though. It's like each individual piece that you're playing in is handcrafted and uh yeah. and that makes a big difference for me. Other than that though, um like Rogue Legacy is a pretty good starting point That's as a far as popular like a, one for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. That that one it's like uh it's got a little bit of Castlevania to it where it's like a platformer um with melee combat, you know. Mm. Uh Slay the Spire is fantastic. I've heard that a one out people super love that one yeah. Yeah, so that one is turn-based and deck-building. So um, it's uh, yeah, so it's like uh, each battle that you do in Slay the Spire is like an old-school JRPG battle where it's like you're on the left, the enemies are on the right. It's turn-based, right? Darkest but, Dungeon,
0: same thing, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, how it works, though, is it's almost got this like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone feel where you have so much energy every turn, and the different cards that you have cost different mana amounts, you know, and uh, and so you use your attack cards and your ability cards to take out the monsters, and then every battle you get a set of, like, three cards that drops, and you choose the one you want, so you can kind of build a deck that combos, you know. Like, if you just take cards at random, the cards don't interact with each other, and you're going to get overpowered by the later levels, you know? But when you're like, I'm going to take the card that gives me a shitload of defense, and then I'm going to take the card that makes my defense not roll off every turn, and then I'm going to take the card that doubles my defense, right? And then I'm going to look for the card that makes it so that I deal damage based on my defense. Now you've got this, like, synergistic deck that just wails, you know what I mean? um so yeah slay the spire is awesome yeah i, I was uh, gonna
0: say i think and it, this is kind of at a time where i was just learning what rogues are or roguelikes are or rogue lights are
1: but um, i kind of hate the
0: term roguelite but continue <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think of the game transistor
1: but i don't f- i don't know if that one's considered a rogue is it or roguelike rather from what i played of it i don't think it was but hades is hades and that's made is by the same yeah people. same
0: same people um i think i think transistor followed a, a specific path uh for the, like the story's
1: sake um yeah from what i played of it it seemed like it did but then again wasn't bastion randomized and persist and presister transistor was between those two never I mean, I, don't, I don't think i've seen bastion okay but
0: there's uh, there's like uh, games like Transistor. But we can, I mean, there's there's other phew, fuck. I mean, with retro styled games, shoot 'em ups haven't really started to come back, as far as I can tell. There are still some games that uh, you'll see come through East Asia Soft uh, that you have to import. Um, that'll be like some like like Cotton is an old school uh, em up. I want to say
1: i think it's a i think it's a shooter game um oh okay yeah when you said shoot them up originally i was thinking you meant like stick shooters and i was thinking i feel mm, like i see one of the, a new one every fucking day dude honestly but okay, yeah that, you mean you mean like shmups yes shmups which i hate that term
0: <laughs> oh yeah and only because it's just an ugly word i just fucking hate it that. is kind of an ugly it's word it's like yeah. it's like you were trying to make s'mores but you fucked up <laughs> real bad oh, sure yeah. you just made a shmup Aw, shmup dude <laughs> But like uh, so, but you're right though. The fact that I said shoot 'em up, if I think about that, what comes to my mind is stuff like uh, is like shock troopers, Ikari warriors, stuff like that. Or you're on the ground in a top-down environment, going moving around and shooting that way. But I'm talking about shooters where it's just the the spaceship. It's either going horizontal or vertical. And, yeah, yeah. And you got Yeah, those haven't really seen as much of a resurgence as I would say beat 'em ups have like beat yeah ups um i think i think i watched you play the new battletoads i a little bit yeah so there's the new battletoads there's streets of rage 4 and then there is uh the river city ransom series coming back as river city girls and Mm -hmm. honestly i haven't played i haven't played uh streets of rage 4 yet i haven't played battletoads yet although i will if i can get a copy but river city girls is a fantastic game i recommend it it. looks great yeah i recommend everyone me and my friend Nikki streamed it um we 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 co-op streamed it uh just it took us i heard the complaint that the game is not very long it's about eight to ten hours which for me is way sufficient but yeah that's great that's a great length yeah (laughs) um but, but but we took a little bit longer so i if someone else beat it really quick i can kind of understand them not liking it as much but we took a bit longer because we were definitely blasted some of the nights that we were playing it mm-hmm. um but we were still getting through the bosses and the bosses were actually fairly challenging um I would say you'd you'd have a good time, and you have to figure out puzzles about certain levels, like, oh, we couldn't go there because we didn't open this dumpster up over here to get the item that that one character told us about. You have to pay attention to the dialogue. There's actual story that goes with it. It's very very good for a beat 'em up game. Um, but retro, I, like if if I if I was gonna play River City Girls depending i guess on what game it is and how popular it is like maybe maybe battletoads i would say that i'm streaming battletoads but with like river city girls or or streets of rage 4 you'd probably find a better audience streaming to the retro crowd Uh, again for the audience listening we are streamers so this is our perspective um most people don't think in terms of, Oh, I'm gonna stream this, but what would I consider it to get the most amount of people interested in case they were searching for that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's yeah.
1: also something with saying like, oh, eight to ten hours, that sounds great because as a streamer, you know yeah, a lot yeah. of the time. If if you can get a game done in in two days, that's that's like really, Lightning uh, speed. <laughs> it's yeah, and, and it's nice because, you know, you got so much shit to get to.
0: I mean, it's the basic principle of it will take you three times as well it'll take me three times as long to uh speak out a book i'm reading versus just reading it in my head same principle Mm -hmm. with with video games i'm actually talking to chat about what's going on i am narrating lines that didn't get voiced in game so audio only lurkers can you know be included in the experience um I'm commenting on all this shit that's happening. This this is stupid. Why did they put this here? This is a fantastic idea. I wish more games did this. That takes up a lot more time. <laughs> so an eight to ten yeah. g- hour game for us is like twenty hours.
1: <laughs> and some of it too is scheduling as well. You know, mm-hmm. you like if I were to uh, on a day that I don't stream, right? Let's say I'm interested enough in a game to be like playing it all day. Is you know I can stop work at 5 and get into it, right? And then quit at, uh, like, midnight, you know? But streaming, you've you got a schedule that, you know, you've only got this many hours and this many days a week to do it. Yeah. Uh, and Right, so that, that ends up limiting your amount of time also.
0: Talking about me being 1 in 50 gamers, about 1 in 50 st- uh, listeners here is actually a streamer that would understand what we're talking about. But <laughs> when you never mind i'm not gonna ask that mostly because i forgot my train of thought but what i what i was gonna say was if i'm thinking about it in in terms of like a listener's perspective what we're talking about is like the argument that you'd get in with your friend friday night over for beer or something is like this game's not old. Like it's like man what the fuck are you talking about? That game is like 10 years old. It's like yeah, but it's fantastic. It's like okay, yeah, it's fantastic, but it's old. This is the kind of conversation that's kind of probably going to apply to you is like why the fuck would anyone care about <laughs> why the fuck would anyone care about if I if I called by name? Uh, This one <laughs> Crash Bandicoot game on the Wii that I can't even remember the full name of because no one's going to actually actively seek that out versus just streaming in the retro category, which even though I don't think Wii is retro fully anyway, it's going to definitely net more people interested in seeing what, what the fuck is going on because more people in the retro category are going to go, oh, I love Crash Bandicoot. This game looks yeah. weird. You know,
1: so if we're still talking about that, um, the, I got one more stupid, out there, abstract hipster definition of retro, which it. is also the way that you play it. You know, very similar to the game just being put the game in and play it. There's also an aspect of that as far as the player goes. Retro can also mean a uh, what used to be called a blind playthrough, but we're not allowed to say that anymore. We are I'm just joking. Um, But they removed the blind tag on Twitch. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blind playthrough used to be a tag you could put on your stream on Twitch, but they took it out because it was insensitive to people who were visually impaired. I'm not fucking with you right now.
0: Moving on, but I I remember using that tag, and I I guess I just haven't seen it in a while. I guess that's why. I mean, because, well, okay, so I thought there would have been a distinction between, like, blind playthrough and... Which means playing through a game you've never streaming a game that you've never played through, uh, mm-hmm. and of course you're going to ask for no spoilers or anything like that. And then there's also people who literally play games blindfolded. Well, blindfolded
1: is different from blind. It has right? its own separate tag. Yeah, yeah. everyone but... knows what blind means. It means quite a bit. You know, it means you don't know anything about the game going in, and you don't plan to like look anything up. You don't mm-hmm. want people to tell you things about it or like spoil game mechanics. Uh, like, cause what, one huge distinction to make, and this, uh, for, for me is that like when people hear the word spoiler, a lot of the time they assume that it only means story, right? But, but game mechanic spoilers with me, and this is kind of also looping back to what I'm saying about being a retro player and retro gaming being like a way that you play games to me, all, uh, the, uh, game mechanic spoiler is worse, uh, absolutely yeah because like going into a game not knowing anything about it you're not going to look anything up about it and that kind of thing is like an old school way to play games like from back before you know you there was there even was an internet to to just look everything up on um and yeah like it's just it's a huge thing for me where like uh, well, I, I don't need to get into why game mechanic spoilers are are so bad and why I think that they're worse. It's just my point is that that's retro, is to see it that way.
0: To see that mechanics can be spoiled as well and that can ruin your enjoyment of a game. Yes. um, Yeah, because like they're, a, a characteristic of older games is that they tend to not hold your hand as much. And if I just started, say, an action RPG and i walked up to a stone with a sword in it and i go oh look cool classic like camelot trope neat cool to see in a in a in a, in a game it's like and if someone in my chat goes hey dude you can use that weapon and uh and i go what and i go and they go yeah it's like a secret in the game or something just like walk up to it click r3 and then square triangle and you'll pick it right out like if you just hit x and interact with it and not pull it out cuz you know it's a sword and a stone you're not supposed to be able to pull it out you can pull it out with this button combo it's like dude you just like made me like uh a, 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 what's the word for a character that's way too high level for an area that he's in it's like wow you, you know, just
1: overpowered
0: you just made me overpowered from an item, and now I know that there's a way to secretly interact with an item or something like that. You know? The it's second
1: like, thing you just said is way more important to me. Yeah,
0: well, that's what I'm saying. Like the The whole mechanic of something is now something you didn't learn based on something that the game wrote in for you to learn it that way
1: right, exactly. you've you've learned that there's a way to interact with things too early. Mm-hmm. And also it also sort of um, it, in some cases, it might even have the opposite effect where it sort of teaches the pla- when when you miss that very important aha moment in a game where you figure out what you're supposed to do because someone just told you it might train you to not even be in the mindset to Look find for, yeah. that kind of thing anymore yeah, yeah. so then you're just going to get stuck on the next thing you know because you're not like learning um and then the other thing too is we're we're uh, again like from the from the streaming perspective right is have some respect for the other viewers as well. Do you want to watch someone play a game and defeat it or do you want to watch someone get told how to beat the game by someone else the whole time? Someone else that you don't know, you know?
0: Yeah, you want to be there for the minute the entire chat lights up like, god damn it you're an idiot, you took five minutes to learn this and everyone's so happy now that you've figured out something.
1: (laughs) Right, it's like, I, I enjoy this person and I enjoy watching them play games, right? So I go to their channel to watch them play a game, but now if there's some other dude that I've never heard of just telling him how to play it, that's not what I'm there for, I don't care about that guy, he can go play his own game, and I am, as a viewer am now bored and you're Mm. and and when you when you spoil game mechanics you're you're lessening the value of the show uh and making it less entertaining for everybody else
0: yeah i 100 percent can see that because i actually came at it from the opposite perspective um i'm the kind of person right now who i just have way too many video games for my own good that i kind of don't want to spend 50 hours literally all of which are on stream getting through final fantasy V with another game so i'm the kind of person who is like as long as you don't spoil the story for me because that's kind of what a jrpg is entirely for as long as you don't spoil the story then you know sure drop me a hint here or there uh i'll i'll go to a secret area there because there's some things in these especially older games retro games that you would never ever know To do that, like the the game doesn't train you to look for that sort of thing, it's just secrets, and maybe those secrets are game breaking. I prefer they not to be, but like I genuinely don't care about anything that doesn't spoil what to me is the core experience that I can enjoy.
1: Yeah, so first of all, I respect that, and if you're asking for a hint, get it. Oh, absolutely, that's fine, right. Um, however, I, I, uh, oh shit, losing it, losing it. I had to put the other thing up front. <laughs> so the, the thing about old games, having things in them that you would never find out, I think I've, I have found to be not as true as I used to think. Uh, and a lot, cause a lot of people think that, oh, retro games, they, they just made them hard just to extend the length of them. You're not supposed to figure it out. You're supposed to, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, you're supposed to just spend hours on it just to make the game longer. All that is bullshit. So let's take, you know, like, uh, let, let's take the biggest example of all time that everyone knows about as far as as far as like bullshit in a in a retro puzzle, which is the crouching in Castlevania 2 in front of a wall until a tornado comes and takes you away. Mm-hmm. Can we agree that that's probably the most bullshit moment in any game of all time for you to try to have to figure out that I've played, that we've um, played? All right. yeah, so here's the deal with that though. in Castlevania one, you have to crouch to reveal secrets. This is already a thing. And you might not have ever known that, well, uh, there is a specific spot in Castlevania 1. In that game, if you drop far enough, the character crouches for a moment when he hits the ground. Oh. As like a oof, I just hit the ground. Yeah. And there are spots in the game where if you walk off a certain ledge and drop onto a spot, the character will do the oof crouch and it'll reveal a secret. So that mechanic gets revealed to you accidentally on purpose. You like that? Accidentally on purpose? That should be the name of the podcast. So that mechanic gets revealed to you accidentally on purpose. They've designed it. So now you know as a player, Crouching reveals secrets in Castlevania 1. And you take that into Castlevania 2, there's a spot earlier in the game where they make you crouch uh, in order to reveal something at a different point as well. I think maybe that part I'm wrong about. But either way, the point is, it is led up to. Is it bullshit? Yeah, it's still bullshit. That's why we're talking about the worst thing ever. But the point is that like there is a logical sequence that you're supposed to go through in order to get to that spot. And I think most games have it.
0: There's a ghost. So, in the beginning of the game, um, I think that's the first time it's revealed to you that you have to go up to the shore and then crouch. And then uh, I think it initiates something. And then a boat comes across the waterway for you to jump on. And then it goes across like a normal platforming game. Um, that there was a. That there was bullshit enough to have to find out anyway, because it didn't tell you about that. And I think in the Japanese version, it does because Mm. it's not mistranslated like we got. Um, It does if you know how to read the riddles of the lies and truths of the townspeople. But that was the only time in the game that you would ever do that. At no other point in the game, including the areas where there are swamp, um, because once you get to the point where you have to progress the game by doing the crouch thing, um, you've already unlocked a bunch of different area that you can go in the game. So you're left guessing at different parts of the map, not even like, not even anywhere near what it is. Let alone what the mechanic would be to get to it. So you're mm-hmm. thinking there's actual just gameplay that you haven't gotten to yet. Maybe there's a castle you haven't gotten a piece of Dracula out of yet. Um, yeah, it's it's bullshit because. I don't think even once it really kind of in the American version ever told you what you need to do.
1: Yeah, it, I I the thing that I saw that uh reminded me of it was like someone tells you to like hit your head on something, you know, which is like a really dumb way to tell you to crouch against a wall. <laughs> but it's there, crouching yeah. against a wall, the game says hit your head on this thing. Um so anyway though, the thing the point is that that is like the most bullshit example of all time. Of a puzzle like that in a game, and and there is a debate to say about it, about like about whether or not you can reasonably be expected to figure it out. And yeah. so my point is that almost everything else is better than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Where if you if you have the right mindset and you think about it well enough, you know, you can figure stuff out. So recently I played through the second quest of The Legend of Zelda on NES. After you beat Zelda on NES, there's a new game plus, and it's totally different. It's the same world map, but everything's moved around on it, and then the dungeons are all new. And there's new mechanics. And uh, that had some of the hardest secrets I've ever played on it. In a Zelda game. um, um, But, like, you just have to... Like, I'll give you, you know this is a little bit of a mechanical spoiler if this is something that you want to play in wait, the future. Wait, wait, which game? Which game? Z- the Legend of Zelda for NES. Oh, I'm talking second quest here.
0: I do plan on starting with that exact game as
1: soon as okay, I, I will. Okay, I will not spoil the mechanics then. All okay. I will say though is that as long as you have the right mindset when you just think about things like, this is an NES game right, so what Am I reasonably trying to accomplish, and what tools and controls do I reasonably have in order to accomplish something? You know, and when you like really narrow it down so much to like, what are the possible even things you can do in this game? Yeah, you can figure out some pretty cryptic secrets. It's a little secrets exclusionary,
0: that- though, don't you? Like, I mean, like, what percentage of uh, what percentage of people understand video games enough to where Breaking the uh, desire for illusion uh, is 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 a regular problem. Where you know they just know how video games work. They know how to program games, or they at least kind of have a some kind of theory, and they can just kind of see the wireframes, quote unquote, in video games. That's that's like for an NES. It's like okay, well, I've got you know an eight-bit graphic game. What are my tools? Like, I don't think anyone who had an NES at the time was probably thinking any of that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to say because when we had NESs and it was the only thing that we had, we were eight. So, yeah, of course, uh, uh, and, you know. With a lot uh, more
0: time, too.
1: Of course, yeah. a tiny little kid uh, is just going to stumble upon the secrets accidentally, just being kids. When you're an adult, though, I mean, come on. You, you, you can think about it. Uh, Where it's like, well, you know, it's really hard to imagine that perspective, but, okay, so the, the issue is right now, if you go back and play an NES game, you might overestimate it, you know? Uh, as far as like, as far as is the game? Does the game want me to walk in this really specific sequence to lay out this fucking Morse code, or so? You know, like y- you might like overestimate the complexity of the problem because you've played newer games, you know. True. But when the NES is the most complicated thing, and so all of the things that you can do to interact are all new, then. I let, me, let like me give you an it's example not as then. big of a problem
0: let me give you an example of something like that um, in fighting games little bit newer tech because we're talking about the 16 24-bit era of arcade fighting games uh, akuma akuma is the dark secret character of i forget which street fighter he came in on but he requires a special button combo to, to select in the menu And as a player, it's probably going to take you, without any hints from the company or anything like reading outside. You also have to consider how many people had the internet at this time. How the hell do I know, as a player, that in order to play this exact character, a fully playable character in the game, I need to go in the menu, I need to start from the second uh, character slot, and then I'm going to hover over uh from e honda i need to hover over to chun li from chun li i need to hover over to guile i can't remember if this is the exact order from from guile for to bison and then back to like ryu or something and then you hold it there for three seconds and then hit select start and then like all three like punch buttons or something like that and then the portrait will change and you will get that character it's like who the fuck is figuring that out yeah but people something did. like
1: that so something like that, though, is an Easter egg, you know, that's that's yeah. different. Oh, yeah. That's it's like not, mechanic, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not progression. But, yeah, I, I love that kind of thing because it's like until you got to the end where it's like a ridiculous button combination, it is just a thing that's going to be like someone is going to do this accidentally at some point. And the mm. rumor will spread from there, you know. Yeah, you're right. Or it'll just be, uh, you know, the employees know about it, and the rumor spread from them. You Especially know,
0: with the fighting thing. games back then too, because that's where everyone's gathered around in the arcades. Urban legends right.
1: are gonna just go like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that that kind of stuff is is really cool. Uh, of course, now it would just get data mined out. You know, oh, it wouldn't yeah. be very retro of you to just data mine. Dude, that.
0: exactly. Like no one back in the day was like, "Hey, uh, I have my dad's uncle is a journalist, and he actually caught a leak from a back meeting in Nintendo." And then you're just gonna sound like that kid on the playground, like my dad says Nintendo's gonna release this game next month. You should believe me. Therefore, give me playground clout. It's not. It's not like. It's not like that, but like. They they weren't just going to get, like, data mined. There was no way to do that. There was just, like, you had to have insider information for that sort of thing. Yeah. It It's just the the only way to do it, I guess. Well, I mean, fuck, I guess it's short, short from hooking your SNES up to a supercomputer that, you know, crunches all the inputs in at one time and, and mathematically eliminates what doesn't work over, like, a period of a month or something. Uh, I wouldn't know how else you'd do it other than just word of mouth.
1: Yeah. Totally. So, I think we bullshat perhaps perhaps too long on the subject. Uh, should we... Like, we probably shouldn't go too much longer. I'm thinking, would you like to discuss a game that you have been playing this week? Uh, let's see.
0: I've gone... <laughs> I just did a stream anniversary thing. So, what I did was I just grabbed a bunch of games that were in my backlog and played them because I knew I wasn't going to get to them if I just waited. Uh,
1: I mean, I how don't do even you, necessarily like, mean this this week. Oh, I just mean like oh, what's yeah, on what I'm saying, your mind. I
0: have a bunch of different games that I could talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Depends on how much you want to bullshit. But key highlights uh, fishing games have gotten worse. <laughs> oh yeah they have not gotten any better over time um i don't know how much how many different fishing games you've played i am not a veteran of fishing games but i am a big fan of natsume's um, uh, real fishing series uh real being spelled r-e-e-l um Mm -hmm. it's i loved it on ps1 and it didn't. I didn't understand, you know, how games worked back then. But as an adult, I recognize it now. It's essentially a interactable um, FMV game, um, which I guess, you know, are interactable. But this is a little bit more so because you're actually casting in a certain area where fish will be or won't be. And then when, uh, and then when there's a hint that you may get a bite on a fish, it switches to a 2D. Underwater uh, picture, like really a flowing stream kind of sorts, uh, where the fish and your hook are fighting, and you got to hook them and then reel them in, and it's like the, there's a picture of like what what looks like the picture that they take to put in the back of a of a fish tank at like a a, a pet pet smart or something. Um, real
1: quick, this is a PS one. This is
0: a PS one game. Okay, so you get sprites and you get FMV environments. And it turns nice. out, even though they're highly compressed video, it it's it, it's still a damn relaxing game because there's this nice, really acoustic guitar track played over it. So I played Real Fishing 2 because I played Real Fishing 1 before. Real Fishing 2 added um, 3D uh, fish interaction, which is really nice because it's utilized in the PS1. So it's not just a 2D sprite system anymore. But they... <laughs> They got rid of that key moment that everyone in fishing loves, which is when the fish first breaches the surface of the water while you're reeling them in. They got rid of that. And I figured, missed opportunity you got all these 3D graphics. It would have been great. Uh, but it goes back to the FMV uh, environment, 2D, obviously just video playing. Um, and it was like, okay, cool. And then I played for the Switch a game I got uh, from, from someone at East Asia Soft, uh real fishing road trip adventure and boy did that change (laughs) i don't know how many listeners to this care about fishing games but if you like fishing you like the relaxing environment you like the gameplay of you just like the the meditative action of casting and reeling in and then maybe something exciting will happen take that and now slap persona into it they they made Mm -hmm. they made that fishing game i described Less good by giving it better graphics, 3D environments that you can look around. And literally, like anime characters, there's like this plot that they put over it. And can you romance them? Do you have to pick the best girl? I'm waiting to get to that part. Uh, so okay. far, so okay. far, it's, it's two dudes and one guy on a road trip. It's one nerdy guy, one kind of jockey guy. He does all the fishing. His name's uh. Sean. He's kind of an asshole. I don't like him. But at the same time, none of the characters managed to be interesting at all it gets this amazing graphical text box display like of all the crazy comic book shading and the off off uh, off geometric shapes from the central square all the dialogue that's going on well drawn very well drawn like anime characters and all of them are just like like their lines are like they read out of a pbs kids show there's no character mm. development. There's just mm-hmm. one's nerdy, one's the girl, and then one's the jockey kind of guy, and they're on a road y- trip
1: to, to fish in different thing spots. The anime thing is really not that surprising because Natsume is the Harvest Moon developers, they also, are. right? Yes. Yeah.
0: But it's so weird because, like, I know real fishing as an actual. I. It's hard to call it. It's hard to know whether or not I'd call it a sim because fishing simulation is. It's always yeah. been in a weird state. Uh, Dreamcast probably had it best with that controller. Um, but real fishing is like an FMV, relaxation kind of game. And then they just felt the need to add plot to it that didn't manage to ever justify itself being there to waste your time.
1: Yeah, I mean, this sounds a lot like Harvest Moon, where those games were about farming, and then the the later you go, the more it starts to be about the interaction with the other villagers, and who are you going to marry, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I guess it gets a little bit more Animal Crossing-esque. I, I'm not an Animal Crossing person, so I wouldn't really know. But I know Animal Crossing, there's a lot of, uh, you, there's a lot of character-to-character interactions. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're telling me though that real fishing they they added they added persona like like social link kind of things, but it's not like it's not a harem for you to choose the greatest. I haven't I haven't
0: I haven't gotten as far into it yet to really make the That's judgment call. That's a little disappointing. There's not really there's not as far as I can tell there's no romancing options. There's just oh I'm sorry there's also an old dude who runs a tackle store. okay well that sounds a little better who's very professor elm ish from like third i think it's third gen pokemon um gotcha he's just like oh yes i'm also the 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 town tackle salesman i run the general store and then like (laughs) you go to a different town and he's like oh yeah i've got a store over here i just decided to come over welcome how you doing (laughs) we kind of like how they have like the nurse joy uh and and officer jenny in every single town with pokemon um Mm -hmm. i i I haven't played persona yet i'm just going off of like what the character interactions look like and it's it's very much like that and and then you get the gameplay and it i swear to god you if you told me i was playing a fishing mini game portion of my summer car i would not know the difference because, mm-hmm. like, there's okay. nothing anime about the actual gameplay. It's just a white dude with no hair on his wrist with a watch and, a, and you know, a hand and a reel. That's all it is. Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's anime, like, in the background. Like, it's, it's very bizarre. That's what's funny about fi- uh, the idea of a fishing game is I've never played a fishing game, but I've fished in a lot of games, you know? And it's That's always pretty fun. Like, uh... Yeah. uh well, you know what I mean? I've done some fishing in World of Warcraft. I've done some fishing in Persona 4. I was fishing in Valheim earlier today. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done some fucking... I like the Valheim Uh, Yeah, you know, I've fished in a lot of games. Uh, Zelda, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in Shenmue 3 right now. I want to fish really bad, but I'm perpetually broke broke from trying to buy food so I can have HP.
1: <laughs> So, so I real quick then yet. what games got the best fishing so, that you've played uh, um, and if your answer is real fishing then I want to know the second best so little
0: about me I'm not an angler I come from a family of one um, I've not I don't like fishing in real life I find it relaxing but it's not I, I hated doing it as a kid but I grew to love the games because they are good relaxing and exciting if I had to say the best fishing game, well, more specifically, I just guess I really experience. want to know
1: what not fishing game has the best fishing mini game. That's really what I'm guessing.
0: Valheim is Valheim
1: would be perfect if the oh, fish... oh Valheim's got like the worst fishing. Okay, sorry, hang Maybe on, hang you on. Were going the-
0: <laughs> it would be perfect if the fish didn't act like. Mm, like uh inanimate objects that are on a scripted movement path and they actually took and ran with ran with your bait and just were actually very active and otherwise like i'm just saying the environment of fishing in valheim gorgeous gorgeous insanely relaxing and the casting system works really
1: well um love love valheim overall the fishing though yeah it's like if you look at what the fish do, it's like they're just zooming around and when they happen to zoom under your bobber, you hit the reel, yeah, you, start you know, it and, yeah. and then you just hold reel while it slowly comes at you and if you have enough stamina, you get it. Yep. And that's that's the whole fishing mini-game of that yeah, game. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's not deep at all. But I'm It's not a good it's not a great fishing mini But game. my
0: comparison is something uh, like the next thing I think about is fishing in Pokemon, which is activate rod enter (laughs) fish and then like you know you hope you're in the right spot to get something Mm -hmm.
1: um oh yeah you just hit the use the rod hit your bong when you come back oh there's your magikarp (laughs) i haven't done that yet but yeah i'd imagine that's probably (laughs) what you would do um and yeah here's your magikarp
0: enjoy that for another 50 pokemon encounters you dickhead (laughs) like maybe you'll get a shiny one you probably won't though um especially if you're playing the early games that didn't have that, but like yeah it's, yeah it's 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 a way more interactive experience compared to like Pokemon. If I'm thinking about other fishing uh i think i i i remember I remember fishing a lot in World of Warcraft and liking it um okay. it's not something that I did very often or wanted to do. Because the waters in that game were always so boring. It's just one single flat texture with a movement piece of water on it. There's nothing. I If I'm going to want to play a fishing game, it's because I want to be in a relaxing, like pretty kind of looking environment. Or just like an yeah. otherworldly looking environment even. Uh, which, oh man. I could, I could, that, I could say some Valheim spoilers, but I won't. But yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna say that does kind of go back to Valheim, where it's like sometimes you're standing on a rock fishing, and then suddenly like this big wave washes over the <laughs> rock, and oh shit, now I'm swimming in the wave. <laughs> and then I come, and then, and then I come back down onto the rock, and it's like holy shit, this is like this is what the ocean is like if you've ever like swam in the ocean with the huge waves and huge shit. It's uh, and where like. A wave is coming, and you have to like jump with it, you know. Yeah. And you go, and, then and you the come taller back, the like waves that. are, the more fatigued you are. Yeah. So then that kind of, like, feeling getting into... Yeah, yeah, that, that certainly makes me appreciate... And with when Valheim, I think about it that way, yeah it makes and, me appreciate Valheim's fishing a lot more.
0: And with Valheim, you can take a boat out and go and find places to fish. You can follow yep. the fish in the water. Um,
1: yeah. So and, and, living in... So I'm from Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the land of 10,000 lakes, they say. And that's a huge pastime for a lot of people here. You know, my, my sister lives on a lake, and... Uh, yeah, you know, When you're there, there's just all kinds of boats all over the lake of just there's, it, well, you're sitting there, right, on your beach, and there here's a boat floating by with three people on it with their lines out, you know, <laughs> and they, oh, hey there, you know, we're not really con- that Canadian, but, you know. You're more uh, Canadian
0: than some Canadians for sure, though.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the, you know the boats float floating by, you know, and they're just fishing, and they they wave to you, and you wave back to them, and all right, you know, and that's it. Oof. And I've never done that though. I'm not actually a boat person or a lake person. <laughs> I want to
0: be. That's my problem.
1: Um, so, so I've never done that myself. But the other day in Valheim, that's exactly what we did. We got into the me and Nicole got into the long boat, you know, and we went sailing down the shore. Oh, oh, hey, there's some fish over there, you know, and, and plopped the anchor down and fucking sat there and fished. It was, you know, it was a nice relaxing. It's time. Fun
0: as shit, yeah. It's it's great. Um, and it's so it's fun. And it's the so fish funny. are
1: good in that game too. Yeah. Not to get into not like let's not get too into Valheim here, but bro, if you guys aren't catching fish and cooking them, get on it. They're real good. The, the meat, especially way better. when you find the the serpent meat and the serpent stew. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't want to spoil it, but like that's all I'm saying. Well, there, there's all I, I'm saying is serpent stew, baby.
0: I did something I don't think even you have done. Um, okay. Because Valheim is exactly what you were talking about for me. I have more fun just dicking around and sailing and exploring than I do doing the main quests and all that stuff. And uh, I was saying I could I've fished in some very, oh well, I've I've been in some very otherworldly waters that I don't want to spoil okay. for anyone who's playing Valheim. Yeah. So now.
1: give me only a yes or no answer right now. Yeah. Have uh is what you were gonna say basically that you've sailed to the edge of the world.
0: I have seen the edge of the world, and I got okay. my
1: answer. Okay, uh, uh, yes or no question. I got my answer, uh, I'm not telling anyone, because it would ruin it for everyone. Well, I, I only that's why I'm asking yeah. a yes or no question. Because, yeah, what happened was I loaded up your Discord, I saw a message from you that said something like, I did it, guys, or something, with a screenshot of a <laughs> Valheim map. Yeah. And I was like, nope, and I, 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 I clicked right out of there before I looked at it, because I didn't want any spoilers. Uh, the, the, it was but, just
0: showing the map, well... Okay, never mind. Go ahead. What I gathered
1: was that you what I think I gathered was that you sailed to the edge of the world.
0: I did. I have seen I have seen things. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Can't
1: can't wait. The fishing's great. <laughs>
0: um
1: but if, Yeah. Okay, yeah, great game. What's another Okay,
0: so you haven't played fishing games. I They they definitely got their best around the PS1 era. Um, I played uh, on Sega Genesis, a Bass, I think it's like Masters Pro Classic or something. Uh, it's actually kind of cool because you get a map, um, a map of a lake and you, you know how asteroids on windows used to, or arcade controls, like you have your forward momentum because it's space, right? kind, It kind of yeah. was like that except you're in a boat. Ah, uh, so right. you have boat turning physics. Other than boats that, are kind of like space. They're kind of like space in one dimension. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have, um, if you, that, that's that's like you choose where in a lake you want to fish. You choose this t- the type of lure. These are all just menu click things. You know, you click through your menu of uh, bait type of reel, where you are on the lake and then, you know, you, it's kind of like the Game Boy type of fishing. You, you cast, except maybe this one gives you a little bit of a meter for your power, kind of like how golfing will have for your distance and your throw, and then you just reel in, and then that's it. And there wasn't really like a, a whole lot of action. It would show you uh, a cool-looking sprite of the fish that you would catch, but it's it's a picture of a fish, you know? There's not, like, any action going on. That was on Sega Genesis. So one generation later on PS1, we're rocking full motion video. And I remember my mind being blown because I was, like... It was it was about 10 years later after I played these PS1 games in a, in a mall. The mall kiosks were selling these, like, waterfall, rapid, just moving water brook photos that seem to have movement on them because the lighting behind them is casting shadows in a way that made it look like the water was flowing and it played like a like a soundtrack of like a looping you know a stream yeah. i was mind blown because i was like that's that should i used to fish in and then i learned oh it looked so pretty because it was just <laughs> i mean pretty relatively speaking because it's really um like it's it's not fragmented, but it's it's like you can see the compression in the video uh, of the mm-hmm. FMV file that you're watching. You weren't oh, seeing yeah, like artifacts. Yeah, you exactly compression artifacts. You weren't seeing like polygons being rendered. You weren't seeing like even sprites happening. All you see is one little line that is your rod and a string that goes to it, which is your your line, and you cast it, and then you just it has like a little bit of a a movement animation sprite of where it's moving through the water and you can move the rod up and down the bottom of the level kind of like a pong paddle and that'll determine where you kind of drag and where you're reeling in towards um but i was like like, what the fuck these graphics are amazing and it just reminds me of the time i got fooled by that as a kid with power rangers you remember that power rangers that was like a futuristic game for the super nintendo because it was playing actual clips of combat from the TV show in the game based on choices on Super, on Super Nintendo that you just choose based off of options in the game and I was like how is the Super Nintendo doing this? This
1: is the most amazing graphics I've ever seen but yeah. yeah, You know funny story about that um, so I- I've never played that because um, I wasn't like a Power Rangers kid but uh, I remember when Mortal Kombat came out Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother has said the same thing where it, it's like when Mortal Kombat came out, it was like we couldn't imagine that graphics could get any better than that. Oh yeah, because they were just real they were just real people. They were just pictures of real <laughs> people. How could it it can't possibly get better than that?
0: So <laughs> it can just, just get a better funny. actually. It It's called, just a funny aside. There's a game <laughs> called Tattoo Assassins that basically <laughs> it's it's pictures of people from that same period uh, with actual fatalities in the game but also like everyone's like a weird tattooed character and their ink gives them certain powers <laughs> it's it's this weird bizarre B movie like honestly probably like C remake of a B movie uh, spin off of Mortal Kombat not officially from them at all but like right. <laughs> it got better graphically in in, hmm. in ways that Arguably, could be interpreted as worse, but you know, people right. did that. Yeah, it's like they took pictures and made that the animation rather than sprites, like like Street Fighter was doing at the time. And I think that's what kind yeah. of made me a huge Mortal Kombat fan as a kid because it was so graphic.
1: Yeah, the the aesthetic of Mortal Kombat was was really great. I mean, like I I love how how Street Fighter looks, and like if you're gonna give me the choice, I want a game that has drawn sprites and stuff you know rather than agree. digitized photographs but you know for what it is i'm really glad that the digitized photo stuff is out there because it looks really charming in its own way
0: oh it's yeah it's i mean very charming and they used that for like up until like the ps2 uh like the 3d era yeah like they even used it in the shitty action adventure uh mortal kombat oh. uh mythologies sub-zero mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: I have that for N64. You have an N64? N64? Yeah, so I bought it for N64 and then later learned that it's on PS1. So I haven't played it yet because I'm going to get the PS1 version instead. I didn't even know it came on N64. Yeah, it probably sucks. Probably- <laughs> As in like I I'm sure like the the sound is terrible and if there's FMV on the PlayStation version, it's probably not on the Oh yeah, it's just missing on the N64 version or it'll be like super compressed. Like Resident Evil 2 actually did have the FMV in it. That's a good point uh, on actually. on N64. You would not want but- to do
0: that because they're like I think the death scenes are actually FMV
1: in that game. Okay, yeah. So you'd be missing
0: really key important stuff.
1: Right. Like Resident Evil 2 uh, was ported to N64, and they did keep the FMV, but it's like half resolution, half frame rate uh, and stuff to to get it to actually fit on the cartridge. Oof,
0: but also Um,
1: I understand it. It's better to have it there. Speaking of uh, old-school FMV on PS1, did you know that the first Twisted Metal game actually had FMV uh, recorded for all of the different endings? No, but I think a lot of...
0: I think most cutscenes were FMV on PS1. Like, in general. uh,
1: So... Right, but so Twisted Metal 1 didn't have any, though. Mm. Um, and all, whenever you beat the game, it just gave you, like, scrolling text to tell you what the ending was, and it's super lame. Oh, okay. Apparently, they actually recorded FMV endings for all of the endings, but I don't know if they just didn't have time to to fit it onto the disc, or if it just didn't fit or something. I don't know why. Was it a launch for game? for some reason... Say again? Was it a launch game,
0: Twisted Metal?
1: Uh, it it was early at the very least. I don't know if it was an actual launch game. Yeah. I, but yeah. If it was a launch game,
0: I could understand
1: because, you know, you want to launch
0: with a console. Right.
1: Exactly. So if you didn't know that, though, go look it up on, uh, you can find them on YouTube. The original Twisted Metal endings. It's pretty great. Is Axel in the first game? No, he was introduced in two, I think. Then two is when I only care about. Or, or was he? In, I think he was no, in the he first was in, one. Yeah,
0: he was introduced in two. Are you sure? Uh, no, I'm not positive. Because I remember playing the first one and distinctively going, "This is way shittier than the Twisted
1: Metal three demo disc I have." Well, Twisted Metal two is also shitty if you mm. play it now. Okay, So like I, it's it's a hot take, but yo, Twisted Metal two is a shit game nowadays it's like unplayable
0: i just had an amazing i was thinking about it and i was just like you know twisted metal games in general are probably pretty shitty and i don't even know if you could make them good nowadays and then i thought oh my god add they try add combat to rocket league
1: (laughs) well they they you know that there was a twisted metal game for ps3 they rebooted the franchise Twisted metal black is that it no that was the ps2 one Uh, On PS3, there's a game just called Twisted Metal, and it's like a full-on reboot. Um, Here's the deal, though. So uh, Twisted Metal on PS1, it's shit. Don't play it. However, there was another car combat game called Vigilante 8. Oh, Vigilante. Okay, yeah. That game kicks ass. It totally holds up. It's real good, and I would recommend it as a game to play.
0: Have you ever seen Vigilante 8? Have you ever seen Ghost Rider, the movie with Nicolas Cage? No. Oh, I recommend I know it. about it though. I highly recommend it. If you need if you need um
1: if, it pro- the, if, the a, thing- if a problem
0: in your life is a girl with a tribal t- tramp stamp tattoo, this is probably a movie that you would genuinely enjoy.
1: <laughs> um I would say the thing that Go ahead. Oh, just what we talked about before where, like, I don't really watch movies, but I do watch, like, criticisms of them. I've seen reviews of (laughs) Ghost Rider, but I've not seen the movie.
0: The movie is fantastic um, in every way that you would want a Nicolas Cage movie to be
1: good. Yeah. And... I understand it's got Nick Cage eating M&Ms out of a wine glass. (laughs) And uh, the bad guy is named Blackheart. And there's a scene where he just screams at the camera for no reason in the middle of the wilderness for some reason. Okay,
0: so you you, you you might have a general idea of the kind of character Ghost Rider is. I want that origin story of Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. I want a oh, sure. real sweet... I want to know why Sweet... I mean, Sweet Tooth, very influential... Um, like... Picture in advertising for the Sony uh, for Sony systems and shit all all around that time. Twisted Metal is huge. Um, I don't think we ever really got an origin story aside from the really weird like intro text that certain characters will have. Like, how are you going to explain a dude who's in this competition nah, you, holding his car together by his biceps and
1: shit? You didn't uh, play Twisted Metal Black? I didn't play Black. No. So, so Twisted Metal was like a huge series for me when I was younger because. Um, my dad doesn't play games at all. My mom 100% doesn't play video games, um, nor does my sister, nor does my dad. It's really just me and my brother. But my dad did play Twisted Metal with us. Hmm. So I played a lot of Twisted Metal when I was a kid because I played it with my dad. So then when Twisted Metal 2 came out, I got that. I played 3, I played 4, I played Black. Uh, and that was about it, though. You know, I did get the PS3 one, and eh, whatever, that's later. Um, but yeah, so I played a lot of Twisted Metal when I was a kid, and, um, if I remember right, so the thing about Sweet Tooth, well, the thing is, the origin stories kind of change between the games, they kind of rewrite it every time, a little bit. Because no one's gonna Um, be pissed about that. (laughs) So, the thing about, so Twisted Metal Black was the one where they were, like, super fucking edgy dark, and, uh, and... The origin story of Sweet Tooth it was something like Oh, oh, it's actually coming it's it's coming back to me. Um he's a, a candy man. Clown. He's a clown. Okay. Uh or an ice cream. It's man, like either. he murders his family for some reason. I don't remember why. Like you do. But he's like a <laughs> he's like a dad that's an ice cream man and or, or like yeah, yeah, he's an ice cream man. He drives an ice yeah, cream. Yeah, yeah, that's what i was saying. He, he's a dad that's an ice cream man. Not to be confused with uh, Clint Howard, <laughs> and he uh, and he murders his family, but it's something like his daughter clubs him in the head and like escapes, right? So then his whole thing is he wants to kill his daughter because he killed the whole rest of his family. And he really's got to kill his daughter now, or something. <laughs> he's really got to. Um, ki- he's got to finish it. <laughs> yeah, she got away, and he's not having that. Fuck. And then it's it's something like I don't know if it's Calypso, is the one that set his head on fire or something. Huh. His head is perpetually on fire, as like, oh gosh, I don't fully remember. <laughs> I, I it's uh, his head is on fire, so he's in constant pain. But killing people might make it better, or something. I, or it makes it worse. I don't remember. I don't remember. It could be
0: the story of Ghost Rider.
1: <laughs> Twisted Metal Black was uh, that. Yeah, they like went all out on the like the dark edginess on that. I just one. want
0: that story arc. I want. I want Ghost Rider. I, I just want Ghost Rider to have died a tragic accident, and then like. There'd be some God of War story arc where it's like, Sweet Tooth, you've murdered your family. You don't know why, but you need redemption.
1: <laughs> well, some of the stories were pretty cool. There was one where, like, there's a kid uh, where his dad was a taxi driver and he would tag along with his dad taxi driving. Uh, but one day, a guy comes and he shoots his dad in the head. Because oh. taxi driving is dangerous work. Jesus. So, boom. <laughs> Boom, his dad gets shot in the head right next to him. Oh, no. So the kid, like, builds this fucking brain implant that he puts <laughs> into his dead dad's head so he can control his dad with a remote control. This is still Twisted Metal? Yeah. Which character this is, is this? is twi- Twisted Metal Black. His name was Yellow Jacket. Was oh. the He was the taxi car. Oh. Yeah, it was like a kid... Controlling his dead dad with a remote Jesus console. Christ! <laughs> um, was Axel in yeah, black? One... Say was again. Was Axel in black? Twisted metal black. I don't think Axel was in Damn, that one. He's my favorite character, just because he's the most ridiculous. um one, Oh, Mister Grimm in that one was like he was a POW Whoa. with his with his buddy, and like he had to eat his buddy to survive. Was his story, like, the only way I could survive that POW camp, I was starving, I had to kill my best friend and eat him. And then, so the the helmet that he Jesus. wore was his friend's skull. Oh, my God. Which, by the way, his friend must have had a huge fucking head yeah. for him to fit his head into his friend's skull. His friend is but, Andre you know. the Giant or something. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Twisted Metal Black, you know, it... it the the if if that's the kind of story that you want, like where it's just it's like no holds barred, edgy darkness. Um what, the game's <laughs> got some some good stuff in it. Did
0: you see um I wanna say it was called Rebirth or Evolution or something like that. Did you see the Mortal Kombat uh live series or at least just teasers for what could have been a movie? live series action live action everything um before mortal Kombat 10 came out where like they tried to give an origin story or or, origin story to uh to raiden like oh well he actually is a thunder god like he's they're not trying to make him modern and like an explainable scientific being he's a thunder god but he he's his spawn point on earth is inside a mental asylum while he's wearing all his white robe and uh Mm, and they go who the fuck are you how are you not in our logs you know they sedate him they fill him up with drugs and they give him like this like weird like time this is like a five minute video he he makes friends with his inmate uh nut job like it's a mental hospital and he's like yeah sure you're the thunder god whatever and then eventually one day like he stops taking his drugs or something and like <laughs> if ever re- i'm probably remembering it really shitty but he, like he like the security guard is like about to beat him or something before he's trying to make him escape and like for the first time he he grabs like a dude's wrist and just like fries the guy by holding him and just shocking him to death because he's getting some of his power from uh from the nether not the nether realm damn it i'm order <laughs> realm i can't remember what he's it, getting Orms, his power yeah. from
1: nether realms entertainment
0: yeah essentially from nether realm entertainment uh but i mean like there's like different realms in the mk lore now but yeah essentially uh, uh it was it yeah legacy it might have been but either way it was like i want <laughs> i want what they were doing they like they like uh, they, okay so reptile my man it was just a person who suffered from harlequin ichthyosis and survived into adulthood but um yeah it's like i want i went with that with twisted metal characters i i want something that they don't give a fuck about trying to be real but they try to explain it in a modern way and give us an origin story of these the most ridiculous car characters to have ever existed that's what i need
1: yeah yeah for stuff like twisted metal and mortal Kombat, that kind of stuff is uh, can be super fun i agree i'd like that say um i think I think we've been going on long enough. I really want to talk about like the uh, a couple games, like things I've played recently that I want to give you a little review of, or like what I've been playing recently. I want to get into it, but I think we bullshit too long. Let's call it a new
0: segment. Let's call it a new segment that
1: we that we do uh, at the start, maybe every time perhaps yeah yeah cuz that's kind of when i was showing you or giving you like my idea of a schedule right i have it like segmented out mm-hmm. but when we get bullshitting, and it just doesn't end so i like um, bullshitting, though i have fun with we'll, it yeah we'll have to figure out how we do it in the future cuz uh, i like the, i, I yeah. like
0: having a somewhat open structure with a uh, overall abs- not abstract theme but like an overall theme that we try to stick to um yeah like, I don't know that I want to spend a whole lot of time like editing stuff out, you know, like if it's, even if it's just like us having like mental diarrhea for a second, I kind of like the, just the free flowingness to
1: it. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, but yeah. At, at some point, you know, we we gotta we gotta get into the those other parts. Like when I asked you about, you know, hey, what have you been playing? Right. Yeah. Then we talk about your fishing game. Cool. But then all of a sudden, that somehow got us into talking about uh, FMV <laughs> Mortal Kombat origin stories. Yeah. <laughs> Good
0: luck with my with my ADD, by the way.
1: <laughs> I, I'm oh. all over the damn place. You and me both. When I was a kid, uh, the doctors were like begging my parents to put me on Ritalin, but they never did. Oh,
0: I'm jealous. I got put on it and it was the worst shit ever. Oh, yeah? I hated it. I could not stand it. It made me violent and angry all the time. It did its job, it did its job, but I was an angry little kid because of that stuff. Oh, kitty crack. Not a fan.
1: Yeah, 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 I never got put on it, and uh, at the time I was all for it. I was like, "Yeah, fix me!" But uh, but my parents didn't have it, and not you know. Now I'm now I'm glad that they never did. But all right, I think we should be wrapping it up. Uh, you know, let us know in the comments. So th- this time the the overall theme right was like, what is or isn't retro, mm-hmm. and we got into like, is it a certain time? Is it a certain type of game, is it the way that you play it, or whatever, right? That was kind of our overall theme. If you guys got uh, specific topics that you uh, want to hear us talk about, make sure to put it in the comments. And also give us some corrections. I am... I'm, I'm... drilling in right now real quick a corrections segment all right oh okay yeah that's a good idea because we're gonna be talking about a lot (laughs) yeah yeah. so last week you you said something that caught my attention but then we kind of moved past it um about final fantasy 5 and 6 you said you played on ps1 but you got it in a pack with tactics or something all right all right so here's what i understand about final fantasy on ps1 There was something called Final Fantasy Anthology. And that was 5 and 6.
0: That was 5 and Chrono
1: Trigger. I don't think so. I'm like 90% here. Anthology was 5 and 6. Keep talking. And that was a pack. Then there was something called Final Fantasy something else. It might have been Chronology even or something like that. And that one was 4 and Chrono Trigger. So 4 and Chrono Trigger... And then five and six were two different packs, I think. And also, I want to say that there was a one that was Final Fantasy one and two together, which might have been like Origins.
0: You're, uh, that might not. So, a... so we're we're kind of crossing
1: it up. Um, I it's, okay. it's
0: it's exactly it's the play on words. It's Chronicles Final Fantasy Chronicles, Chronicles which yes. has five and Chrono Trigger in it. That's four. I'm sorry. Bro. sorry. Yeah, it's four. Learn your Roman numerals. No, yeah, no, no. You're right. You're right. It's four. But <laughs> I got it in a way that, like, I didn't get the games that were supposed to come in the case. So, like.
1: Yeah, you mentioned you got, like, the wrong thing.
0: Yeah. So here I have uh, Final fin- or This is Chrono Trigger on PS1. So I have Chrono mm-hmm. Trigger on PS1, but it came with Tactics, and Tactics isn't in there right now because I sold it. Uh, and then Anthology. Is where I played five, but five doesn't come. It's not five and six, it's five and uh, four. That's five
1: and six, dude. Motherfucker,
0: I'm looking at it because it's backwards. No, you're totally right. It's five and six.
1: God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, Four and Chrono Trigger were together, and then five and six were together. Uh, and that that that's it. Yeah, you know, I I I wanted to bring that up because uh because because it I, I I didn't correct you last week. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's it's. It, I have it mixed up in my head because of just like the nature of buying used games, where you won't get the disc that you necessarily think you're going to get, and you should check. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, uh, I agree with uh, Evasive Jay's comment in the chat that Chrono Trigger on PS One is the worst version. Totally. Um, you know, I didn't play Chrono Trigger when I was younger, but my brother was insisting to me once, like, "You got to play this game, Chrono Trigger, right?" So I was like, "All right." And the easiest way for me to get it was the PS One version on my Vita. Because uh, this was before I was into um, this was before I was like into collecting all the hardware and original copies of everything. So I got it on Vita, the PS1 version. And yeah, it was like every time that you got into a fight, okay, you run into the enemies. Chrono pulls out his sword, and then he just sits there, and he sits there. And now the battle starts, and it's like fuck every single time you get into a random battle or not so random in Chrono Trigger, but get into a battle in an RPG, and it's got that like six seconds of of just nothing happening for a second to load the battle. It drove me insane. That's so. Then I got it on Super Nintendo and played through that instead, and it was great.
0: But that wasn't the PS one
1: version, though. That was a well, it was on Vita, but that's exactly oh, I, did the, they the use emulation the, is did like they
0: use like the PS one ROM or something.
1: Yes, I'm talking about playing the PS1 oh, okay. classic okay, I see. on Vita. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I so have yeah, it on PS1, but I haven't tested it on PS1 hardware yet. Um if people are just saying it's like the the bonus to it is the fact that they added FMV cutscenes, which the game didn't have before. So that's the appeal to it. But everyone says the loading screens make it really un unattractive to want to play this version because you have to wait. But then I'm thinking like there are definitely games out there that like load way slower than this game probably does it, just from the very nature that it's a ps1 and i think like the neo geo cd ran at half the speed of the ps1's disc drive which is
1: you know 1x versus 2x um yeah but like you feel it so hard yeah though. well that's like, what I was gonna say if, you, if everybody if, if it pulls, it pulls their weapons out you're ready to fight it and then it just sits there yeah and then it starts you know it, it's it's agonizing Uh, However, though, if you want those FMV cutscenes, the DS version of the game has the benefit of the Super Nintendo's load times and whatnot, but it has the FMV from the PS1 version.
0: I have heard that is the worst way to play Chrono Trigger.
1: The DS version? I have heard that is the worst way. It's arguably the best, (laughs) because if you want the FMV and the not-shit PS1, boom, it's got both. Of course I'm gonna say just play it on SNES. Fuck it. Oh of course. You know, yeah, yeah. Just play the Super Nintendo. Well I'm gonna me. play it's it great.
0: on P S I'm gonna if I when I play it, I'm gonna probably play it on PS one just because it's the only way I actually own it. Um and okay. I wanna see I wanna test it and see how bad it is. Um I, I if it's if it's like death by a million paper cuts, then I'll probably say fuck it and then just do the SNES version. But yeah. We'll see
1: how it goes. I mean, that's exactly what I did. At first, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, gonna play PS One version. It's the one I can play easily." And then, yeah, it was just agonizing. Really, okay. uh, the the load times. Oh well, I'll, tr- I'll trust mm-hmm. your
0: judgment then, because you're pretty right about Castlevania: The Adventure so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Well, do you want right. to call that an end? Do you want to plug anything of
1: yours? Uh, no, no. I mean, you know, hey, hi. We're us. Uh, hope you enjoyed. You know, <laughs> hope hope to see you next time.
0: You're on Twitter, though. I think
1: yeah dash retro tv dash retro tv TV. okay so you're not dash retro Mm -hmm. everywhere well you know i think it was taken on twitter so i had to put tv at the end don't you hate that when someone takes something and it doesn't even use it
0: yeah i'm invictus Knox everywhere except it's harder to find me if you don't know that uh the u in invictus is a v in fact um which has aided me in the ability to get that name everywhere I guess but I'm that everywhere I have YouTube Instagram Twitter all the all the usual suspects um Dash and I both stream multiple times a week you should check us out
1: Yeah All righty thanks for listening
0: thanks for everyone checking us out and uh listening and downloading and uh giving us your time peace out